This episode is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency. If you're looking for an insurance agent with a personal touch, someone willing to have the real conversations about what's important to you, assistance with submitting claims and offering quality coverage options, Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency may be the place for you. Whether you need home, auto, farm, commercial, life, or health insurance, we're here for you. Check us out at agentzachmiller.com. Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Western Agriculture Insurance Company. My next guest is the owner of Hausman Physical Therapy here in Norfolk. John, thanks for making time to be here today. Glad to be here. Good. Uh, I'm Zach Miller with my co-host Vance Snydig. Thanks for coming, John. And we are touching base with John Hausman today. Happy yeah. belated birthday. Thank you. By the way. Yeah. What was it a couple days ago? First, you, are you a New yeah. Year's baby? Yeah. New Year's baby. Yeah. How was that? Uh, you know, everybody asks, you know, did your parents get the gifts and all that stuff? And my mom said, really, no. I mean, that was a long time. It was 51 years ago. Yeah. So I think the the general tone was like just like being angry because you missed a year of deductions. <laughs> so I think it was like, what are you celebrating for? Like that's funny. Like you were eleven hours away from from being able to deduct. Now you gotta now you gotta feed this little turd for right a year. for a whole yeah. year before you can deduct yeah. anything. Yeah, that's kind of. Funny. And I was the youngest of five by a long way. So there's nine years difference between myself. Oh, so you were just getting scraps anyway. It wasn't like pretty much. Were, yeah. yeah. So I was like an only child, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my next closest sibling was nine years older than me. Wow. They all pretty much hated me because I was spoiled. My parents were exhausted by that time. I got away with so much junk. You could do whatever you wanted pretty to do. Pretty much. Yeah. They they just didn't didn't care a lot. So yeah. That's crazy. I never heard the the deduction side of it. Whereas uh uh I was on the thirtieth. I was mm. born on the thirtieth. So golden child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I never really, I didn't, uh, my issue was mom and parents and grandparents were really good about keeping Christmas and my mm-hmm. birthday kind of different. Yeah. But as a kid, I remember everything's all at once. So sure. you're always so excited. Yeah. I mean, you'd make yourself so excited to get sick yeah. when I was a kid, basically. Right. That's kind of Yeah. Well, happy birthday at. to you. Yeah. Well, yours was cl- closer, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to miss out, though. Yeah. So going back to kind of, you know. I kind of forget. I think I probably knew this already, but like, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. A little background on you. Where did you grow up? Bonestale, South Dakota. Oh, where's that at? So do you know where Butte, Nebraska is? Yep. Just across the border, nine miles from Butte, south central part of the state, tiny little town, about two, well, they're down to around 200 people now. Oh, um, really? Kind of hovered around 300 when I was growing up. Graduated in a class of 12. <laughs> yeah. Tiny little town. It's a huge class. It is. Yeah. I knew everybody <laughs> right. in my class. Yeah, you can name everybody. Else. Right. That's yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, I grew up in uh, just tiny little town, South Dakota, farming town, lots of um, you know, agriculture, obviously, but Missouri River is just um, eight miles from my house. So that was fun. Had no idea how good, you know, walleye fishing, pheasant, deer, turkey hunting. It's like, oh, you just grew up doing that. It was just that. Sexy, right? second nature for you. Really? So, like, you I mean, yeah. You take just, it for granted. You do. You do. And and then you move away and go, oh, oh I had it pretty good. <laughs> I had this in my backyard. Now yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Now i got to drive for it. Right. And i got to pay for it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah. That's getting to be that way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, grew up there. Did you play sports there? 
Yep. Yeah, you just sort of do. I mean, you do everything. Well, so what kind of? I guess the class of twelve, obviously, was eight man, eight man football. So nine men in South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we were a class nine. Uh, I didn't remember if they had A and B back then. I think they did. So we were nine B. Mm. Um, and yeah, played football. Um, played basketball a few years. Ran track. I was in the band, um, in the choir, did play. I mean, everybody just kind of had everything. to, right? Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. just did everything. Um, so, yeah, I played sports. Um, kind of helps your background, too, kind of getting a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. I kind of did that, too. I, I got out of band in my senior year, but I was in band and did some drama stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, that's the, the whole small town thing. I mean, there's definitely some, some knocks to small town. You kind of get little bit insulated to what reality really is yeah. but um, at the same time you get you get a lot of experience doing everything absolutely absolutely and you know you do it on a on a certain level I mean it's just sort of it doesn't have to be great you're just sort of doing it and, and having fun doing it right so. there's always a, the competition fact you're always wanting to compete I mean it, you always want to do the best and I mean but you don't have to be great at everything you just yeah you learn everything yeah. i mean you're and kind of learning skill life skills doing and, everything and, you know you don't try out for the football team you know <laughs> and, yeah i, I mean I, it, I was yeah. that way i mean i I was at c2 in battle creek okay. or c1 when i was yeah. there but yeah yeah you don't really try, try out you try out for starting or mm-hmm. whatever yeah but that's about it yeah i mean well, you're on the, team, the ball the or team. yeah <laughs> yeah and you just it's the it's the classic like find somebody to fill a role yeah I mean, you have to have a left guard. Right. Right. So. Whether they're, you know, 120 pounds. Exactly. Or- <laughs> so the kid that played center um, on our football team was was my best friend through most of high school. And he weighed 155 pounds. Oof. But literally was one of the best centers I still have ever seen just because yeah. he. And leverage and he, everything. He, and he, he was smart and he knew how to use his body and, and he was pretty quick for a center right so and you know you would he would go up against some pretty good sized kids but he would just he'd get in the way that's really all yeah. you gotta do right yeah, exactly so um yeah you just sort of different kids fill different roles and the same thing in, in all the sports you don't have oh you know look at little johnny he's gonna be the you know point guard someday like well he's gonna play basketball and whatever right <laughs> we'll we'll figure out what we're doing with with our offense defense yeah. depending on you know who's who's out and who do we have what do the numbers look like so right so where did you end up going to college then so i went to dakota wesleyan university in mitchell south dakota home okay. of the world's only corn palace <laughs> as if never been right yeah i've, I've I'm never gonna, been there i'm gonna tell you i've driven by a yeah. lot yeah <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm very familiar with mitchell but sure I've never Probably actually gone to the corn palace i-90 just keep going yeah, right just just uh, yeah. i need been to put to it a, on the bucket list or no there's a no. farm <laughs> show in mitchell <laughs> every yeah. year that i've been to yeah. a lot yeah um so the corn palace i'm I hate to ruin this for a lot of people. It's a gymnasium <laughs> on the. It's yeah. decorated with corn. Oh, and it's kind of cool. I mean, they decorate. They do murals yeah. on the outside, and they start in the summertime. And in the fall, they have a corn palace festival. And so our our big thing was we would drive down the main drag in Mitchell, and people would be like looking at the corn palace, and we'd roll down our window like can you tell me where the corn palace is? <laughs> and these people from all over the world, I mean, they're disappointed anyway. So they're like half angry. Right. So they're, you know, they're looking at you like, 
It's, it's right <laughs> there. It's, it's right there. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. That so, looks like the other building down the street. Yeah, yeah right. It's just decorated with corn. So that's what it is. It's a. It's a. I'm sorry. It's a. It's a gymnasium. They had a, that's okay. a balloon museum there for a while. They've got like a creepy doll museum. I mean, it, I just. I just picture like. These these people like driving across it's like the Taj Mahal. Oh of my gosh! Like <laughs> this, we have to stop. It's I I always kind of wish they would have worked it into one of the one of the um, National Lampoon's vacations. Oh yeah, you know, like the fun. biggest ball of twine right? and stuff like that. I wish they would have worked it into one of those movies. Like, hey, we're stopping at the Corn Palace and, and just this. So driving driving I ninety the the Corn Palace is a big thing, but the I think the crazier thing is the Waldrop. Waldrug yeah. signs everywhere. And Absolutely. you're just thinking, like, oh, we got to go. See, we got to go to Waldrug at this point. Yeah. So we would, I had, I had two aunts who were nuns who lived out in the convent in Rapid City. So once a summer, we'd make the trek out to Rapid City. But I think it was because I was the youngest and my parents had gotten sucked into it before. Like we never stopped at Waldrug ever. Because they did with your older siblings. Yeah, and I was like, this is an absolute <laughs> waste of time. And I was like, why do we? Because you see, there's signs oh, everywhere. Yeah. There's a sign why do we mile. go to Wall Drug? And they would really never answer me. Just give you like, eh. and then you just keep driving. So we never did. Like we would do, like we would do the Mount Rushmore and stuff yeah. like that. Just because you cool. kind of have to, right? Yeah. But we never did like reptile guards or if it costs money. Yeah, you weren't going. A pretty good chance we weren't going. <laughs> Like we got the pay for it yourself kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mount Rushmore used to be, the parking was even free at Mount Rushmore when I was growing well, it's up. It's not anymore? Not the the close stuff. <clears throat> like you. So, I haven't been there. It would have been in the 90s. I think we went on a family vacation there. I've never Probably been there the, either. The not yet. I planned to it. Tell you what, the Black Hills are worth it. I mean, it's cool. That. Yeah. It is cool and so it's we, close. We did that. We did do the reptile gardens, I think. We did the, isn't, there's like a, uh, there's like a state park you can drive through and you see a bunch of animals, right? Yeah, Custer State Park. Uh, I think we did that, and then we did. Actually, my favorite was probably Wind Cave mm. National Park. We yeah. did that. That yeah. was that was really awesome. Yeah. So part of it, and this is a this is a total parent thing, but we never went to Reptile Gardens because my mom's terrified of snakes, <laughs> and we never did a cave thing because she's scared of caves. Right. Yeah. So if mom is not on board, nobody's going to not doing it. Doesn't matter how much the kids jump up and down and beg. Like mom's like screw you. I'm not <laughs> going, going into in a cave. Cripes. Then you know and then they, when those Chilean miners got trapped she's like see. Oh right, you see. This, <laughs> this is why we didn't do caves. That's funny. So to go to Westland. Yep. So that's a that's a decent size school, right? Yeah, actually, it's pretty small. It was Is about seven hundred. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, NAIA Division Two. I actually played football there. What's their colors? I think I knew. blue and white. Blue yep. and white. Not, yep. not what I was thinking of then. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I went there. I played football. Um. I enjoyed it. It was it was good. Um. Small school. You know, really small. Hour and a half from home. Hmm. Um. I, my initial, when I went to school, my initial plan was to go into PT school. Then I got about halfway through and I'm like, this is pretty competitive. I probably should have a backup plan. So yeah. that's when I started athletic training education at that point, just as kind of something to fall back on. And then I didn't get into PT school initially. So that's when, um, got my degree as an athletic trainer, um, 
and I was going to go to grad school. I was all set to go to grad school, and then the job came open in Norfolk. Funny thing, I grew up two uh, two hours from Norfolk. I'd never been here in my life. Really? Never been to Norfolk. I knew kind of where it was, but never been here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the very first time I came here is when I applied for a job, and it was when there was two separate hospitals. Yeah. So it was uh, for um, the group that was that was providing service at Sisters Hospital. Um, they offered me a job, and then I'm like, so I was either going to go to Mankato, Minnesota, and um, do uh, some graduate work there or come down here and start working and decided to come down and start working. And um, What year was that? 96. The, okay. Um, fall of 96 was when we moved down, and we had gotten married in June. Did you guys meet in college? Yep. Yep. I played football with her brother. She's a couple years younger than I am. Um Got married in 96, moved down here, and, and you know, weren't Nebraska fans, didn't really think a whole lot of Nebraska. <laughs> We're like, we'll live here a couple of years. We'll move right back up to South Dakota. Right. So that's 27 years later, and right. and here Still we are. Here. Yeah. What's the – how much of a difference is there between athletic training and physical training? I was going to say that too. Can you yeah. explain for the audience, kind of explain? <laughs> sure, yeah. So athletic trainers, um, <clears throat> you know, the probably the biggest difference is the the, the scope of practice. So athletic trainers, you have a um, a, a wider skill set because you're doing, you know, the initial like emergency care, so like EMT prevention. Type stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you you have that, and then you're kind of dabbling in the rehab part of it. Now, there are some situations where an athletic trainer might work at a bigger university and stuff, and all they're doing is rehab. So they're kind of functioning as a physical therapist, but. A physical therapist, then their scope um, really drills down on the rehab part of it. So you're you're really you're more targeted. More, yeah, yeah, and and you have a, a broader range. Whereas athletic trainers obviously are going to work with an athletic or active population. Physical therapists anywhere from birth to ninety some years old. So um, the 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 probably a broader scope for physical therapists in the sense that from a rehab standpoint and you're not, you're not so, um, not so spread out as far as, you know, athletic training and and what an athletic trainer does. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of people probably don't remember sister's hospital actually. I I, I grew up like a half a block from it. So I been there a few times. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And what 90, 97 or 98 is when that merged and Faith Regional started. Mm-hmm. So then I actually worked for Faith Regional for as an athletic trainer for, gosh, three years. I didn't realize you were, like, went back that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I worked for um, the Sports Medicine Center out of Omaha. Um, I covered the uh, – so I, I covered Norfolk Catholic initially um, when I moved to town. And then – when I worked for Sports Medicine Center, then I covered the community college and some area high schools, and then um, worked for Heartland Physical Therapy as an athletic trainer and covered Norfolk High. And I think that's where that's where our paths crossed. That's where our paths did cross. Yeah, correct. Um, Zach well, was never hurt though. Never, never once. We'll get into that. I get <laughs> yeah. in here. We'll get into that. Um, so going back a little bit, what you said in high school, you kind of already decided you wanted to go down this path. What? Kind of made you decide. Yeah, when I was 14, uh, I tore my ACL playing football. Oh. And sort of had kind of pseudo-physical therapy. I mean, you're out in Bone Stills, South Dakota, so (laughs) 
you know, the doctor is 30 miles away. Right. So we really didn't, the, the physical therapy at that point was I had my knee scoped a couple of times. They never did repair it. I don't have an ACL on my right knee. Um, and so we would just meet with a physical therapist when we went to Sioux Falls to, uh, to meet with the orthopedic surgeon. I always thought it was kind of cool. And so I, I kind of thought that was, I didn't, full disclosure, I didn't really know a whole lot about physical therapy other than that little, that little bit that I saw there, but I thought it was kind of cool. thought it was yeah. neat and something that I would like to do, but. And you enjoy sports. Obviously you played. Yeah. And you played yeah. in college. And yep. Yeah. I, I, and my family all enjoys sports. So we were around it all the time. And, you know, you kind of talked about before it's, it's, when you're a small town, it's just competition, right? right? I mean, it's all the way from, you know, your football season and, and basketball and everybody, it's the thing to do. Right. Like people go to football games. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, you go to the basketball game because that's everybody goes to the gym, goes to the basketball games. Right. Track and baseball, you know, baseball, you still, so you played baseball in the summer. It was just like Legion stuff. Right. But it was what you did. and All year long. Yeah. yeah. And very few people didn't. Did you ever have any aspirations to be like a college athletic trainer before you finished the physical therapy portion? Or? Yeah. So, and that's kind of where that decision way back in 96 to either go on to grad school. Mm -hmm. So I, I had um, a grad uh, assistantship all set up in Mankato, Minnesota. And um, it was through Mankato State. And I was going to help out there at that college, get my... Um, get my master's degree in, um, I think it was probably going to be kinesiology or something like that, and then work at Mankato State. And then also there was a high school hockey team in Mankato that I would have worked with too. That so, would kind of cool. Yeah. Something different. Honestly, yeah. I yeah. mean, you don't. I wasn't ever exposed to hockey at all. Right. Um, so that would have that would have been kind of that path. And that's, that was the usual path back then for if you're an athletic trainer, there wasn't a whole lot of high school athletic trainers back then. They would, you know, they, it was just kind of getting started in the early nineties. And so, um, the usual path was you would, you would go, you would get your graduate, you know, you'd get your graduate degree, get your master's. You'd probably go on with a, with a college somewhere. You would be a head trainer or, a, or maybe an assistant trainer, work your way up or work your way through, you know, and the, the, you know, the path to like professional sports, that's where you kind of realize too, it's, it's really about, it's about kind of the same thing, the same way you would work through the system as an athlete is you start very low and you do the grunt work and yeah. then you would, you know, who do you know? Right. Who can you get associated with that would um, would give you a shot to work with a bigger school or and then on to professional stuff? So And you put in the big amount of time. Like you I mean, you're getting you're putting in time that you're not really getting paid for probably. Yeah, too. and it's and it's brutal. It's yeah. brutal. I uh, I was at an athletic training conference once and there was a guy who was he took the um, we were going back to the airport and he was in the shuttle with us. And gosh, I'll forget the year, but shoot, he was, um, he worked for, I think he had worked for the Patriots oh. the year before, but it was like a, uh, a six month thing. And a lot of times that's how that would start. Like you would, they would just hire on just whoever, but he's like, I'll never do it again. 
He said, really? because, yeah, he's, it was, it was horrible. He's like, you're there from six in the morning till midnight. You're doing all the grunt work you are. And taping. And yeah. Doing all yeah. That. And, and you just, unless you're the head guy, you're just doing crappy work. Getting all the heating pads ready. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and it's, he, and he said, it's every day. Yeah. He's like from the time training camp starts until the last game. And so he had the, a Patriots won the Super Bowl that year. So he was like, I I didn't go to Christmas. Right. I didn't do it. Like players would have time off, but we never got time off. Wow. And he said. Because there was always somebody in the facility. Somebody, probably. yeah. Somebody yeah, needs always something. Open oh, there's to more the players, to do. Right? Yeah. There's more. And that's, that's kind of the administrative thing that a lot of people don't see on the athletic training side. I mean, I think, and, and, you know, honestly, I think, you know, for people who are thinking about going into athletic training and that's, that was the allure for me the allure of sport. I love the competition, love being there, but there's so much behind the scenes stuff that takes place. I mean, even just at Norfolk high, it's, right. it's a lot to take care of. Yeah. You need to be there every practice you early. Do. Yeah. You do. So you, you're kind of working when everybody else is playing. So is that trade-off enough that you're around those sports all the time? You're around that competition. You feel like you're part of it. Is that worth, you know, getting home at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and missing your family and that kind of stuff? So there's there's some there's some trade-off there that has to happen from an athletic training standpoint. And the traveling, too, because you travel, mm-hmm. too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. travel with football and if I could travel with basketball, I traveled with them. So that was a lot too, though. Oh, bas- and and basketball season was the worst at Norfolk High just because they shared the gym, right? So it you know a lot of the bigger schools, there's two gyms. Your your practice was only going to go from after school till six o'clock. Well, either your boys' team or your girls' team was coming in at six or six thirty and then practicing late. So you really never got home before. I never thought about that. Yeah, we before nine thirty or ten. Have double practices and yeah. you'd be there, there the whole, the whole time. time. Yeah, yeah. I was there from two o'clock, well, one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon until, you know, sometimes nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. So. Hmm. That's a that's crazy. You never you, you we talk about this a lot on the podcast. How you you always people just think things get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Behind the scenes, just they just get done. Yeah, nobody's doing it. It just happens. Just right. happens. And then you think about that, and like, yeah, you were, you were there the whole time getting shit done. Yeah, and and so now, well, I think they only have one there now for quite a while after I left, and they had two athletic trainers there, because that's the other thing that if you if you count up the varsity sports at Norfolk High, there's 19 varsity sports at Norfolk High. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy to think yeah, about. If you if you think, I mean, you have to sit down and, and count them all. Mm-hmm. So on some level you have some interaction with all of them. Right. You know, like the, you know, tennis and stuff, maybe not as much, but you still, you have to be available and stuff. You know, the coach calls, you still, yep. You still need to be available. So one person handling 19 varsity sports is a lot. It's a lot. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah. You had some assistants there though, too, I think, right. Had some students that helped out a little bit here and there. Yeah. Did they offer that as like an internship style or like any credits or anything to help them into college? Yeah, they didn't then. And that was always kind of something I thought would be a a good thing. Um, You know, it was a kind of an introduction into going into, uh, even if it was just a medical field or nursing or something, I think it would have been a good, uh, a good way to kind of get some, some exposure. Um, But it was, and it's also then the question then is it adds another layer Right. So another thing that you have to monitor, right? Yeah. you have to keep track of. And that was, that was one of the things that I kind of noticed 
in that situation because it was such a big school and it is such a big school that you, you there's only so many hours in the day and having to take care of all of those little things you really become cautious about throwing more more stuff on you because i'm a big believer in the enemy of of great is good yeah. so if you're going to do yeah. things great then you have to laser in and do things yeah. great because don't just half ass it or just yes, just get by there's there's things that you're going to do and and if you're only doing them just well enough to get by then that's the opposite of great in my yeah. in my mind. Yep. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do any kind of like internship type stuff because there were a few students that I think were even traveling with the team mm-hmm. at least when I was yeah playing yeah we, and especially football we had, we usually have three or four students that yeah. would go along which was super helpful very very because they would t- do the taping you wouldn't mm-hmm. have to worry about some of that stuff yeah yeah that's really yep. cool I'm I, trying I, to talk about like that's a real world real world experience too different than like classroom experience that yeah. type of stuff too so yep. that, that's kind of a good thing to. If that's what you want to go do, mm-hmm. you're hitting the ground running. Yeah. You're already getting that uh, built into you. Even if you're not, it's an internship, even if it's not really called that, but mm-hmm. it's a good thing. It you, is. It you're is. Doing some, yep. You're very good like at that. explaining stuff, too. I don't know if you know that about yourself, <laughs> but you, I might, you probably I might, taught I might them very well. Explaining. No, I, I might be the that. definition of mansplaining. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. I think mansplaining is like under <laughs> underdoing it, isn't it? No, is isn't it? that what they no, say? No, it's over explaining. It's over explaining things that the person probably already knows oh. is what mansplaining is. Oh, I see. And, yeah. I, and I think it's usually like common knowledge stuff and, and it's like, kind of yeah. sexist it's called mansplaining because yeah. like a man will over explain something to a woman she just <laughs> rolls her eyes like yeah. i totally know this right. and and you're just trying to look like you're really smart it's like me trying to tell john how to turn the light switch on like that's go. that's mansplaining <laughs> in detail uh-huh. take your finger yeah. put it below it flip it up no that's mansplaining okay <laughs> um well you, you played a big part in my high school athletic career mm-hmm. so um you got me through quite a few concussions there you go. You did. I don't know. I, I can't even remember how many there were. But I've had a lot. Yeah. Well, you got me through quite a few of them. You Worked know, my I, ass off to get back. And yeah, I and Angie, my wife, was asking. You know, as I was getting ready to come in tonight, she's like, "Well, you know, she knows who you are. Like, how do you know Zach?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, he was an athlete." Which that's a lot of our conversations end up that way. Like, hey, they were an athlete when you know. They were in high school, kind of explained where you're at now and how you got, I, I think I explained it well, <laughs> I got to where you're at, but, um, and you know, there are, there are certain ones that you remember. Yeah. And I, and, and I think part of the reason I remember you is because not just in high school, but after high school, you always did a good job of like connecting. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's, there's, there's value in that. Some of the things I, I try to teach my kids is that you know, just connection. Right. And, and you don't have to be best friends with somebody, but you know, when you have that connection, acknowledge the connection, um, try to keep track of people. And, and so I think you've always, you've always done a good job of just staying kind of front of mind in that way. Oh, I appreciate always reaching out back. Yeah. Cause I reached out to you two years after I graduated cause I was going to go down to Kearney and, and try to try out mm-hmm. for the basketball team. And I yeah. asked you for some workout tips and things. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was fun too. I pre- and you let me. We sat down at your house and you explained a whole bunch of stuff to me. I think you were just about to go get some more schooling. I think at that time too, but okay. I, don't, I don't know for sure. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, 
Um, but going back to the concussions, mm-hmm. at the time, I know I didn't want to sit out, mm-hmm. obviously, wanted mm-hmm. to get back in the game. But I do appreciate now where I'm at, you doing that. Yeah. Because concussions are a big thing. Well, and that was, gosh, I mean, that even evolved quite a bit while I was at Norfolk High. But we got new helmets while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, we had a pretty significant um, concussion incident, I think, my first year there. And... You know, it was, there was really not a, a, there was a protocol, but it was more of a, a kind of a skeleton protocol. Like, yeah, you know, these are some things you should watch out for. And, but it really, it, it evolved quite a bit while I was there. And, and kind of that, the long-term effects really started to become more and more known um, about that time. So that would have been, when did you graduate high school? Oh, six. Oh, six. Goodness. <laughs> um, so, you know, early, it, it, yeah, it was about that time where a lot of the research and a lot of the, when I would go to athletic training conferences, there was a lot of emphasis on that. And, you know, it, even athletic training kind of had an old school kind of rub some dirt on it kind of attitude. Oh yeah. And, you know, so you saw some of these old athletic trainers and, what they knew how to do was tape something so tight that you couldn't feel it, and then you're fine. Right. right? I don't right. care if the bone's sticking out. If we cut the blood you're off good. to that appendage, you can go right. back in. I mean, you know, old school athletic training is smelling salts yeah. and right. and that kind of stuff. So you, like at these education seminars, you would almost see kind of this old guard like, oh, we never did that when I was, you know, when right. I was at that. Kansas, we know when I was the head trainer. For we the, had leather helmets yeah. back then. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. <clears throat> so you you kind of saw this a little bit of like it was it was rebellious to think that you were gonna make people sit out. Right. And, so I, I felt that firsthand. Mm. I I was I, my doctor made me quit all sports, all mm. contact sports, my sophomore year, which would have been two thousand mm. two thousand one. I had a mm. concussion in a football game and. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, he, he's, he, uh, he said I could play, but I, I'd have to waive all insurance basically. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah, that, that didn't go over no. great in no. a small time. I was one of the first ones I've ever, I, I definitely was the first one in Battle Creek, mm. uh, that ever had to do that. Wow. So that went over real good. Yeah. So yeah, no, I felt that and it is, but uh, you know, I, my dad talks about it all the time cause my mom and dad were in the room. When uh, Dr. Adams, I think, yeah. was the guy mm-hmm. that he's the one that told me he was at, I think he was a former neurologist for the Bears or something. Or, yeah, he's done some, he, he's, yeah, he's done some, some pro work. Yeah. I think that's who it was, Dr. Adams. And he's, he told my parents, I was in the room. He goes, I can count on one hand the amount of people I said, you never play football again. And <laughs> your son's you're, one of them. You're one of wow. them. And I, was, yeah. I thought, I don't give a shit. Let me yeah, play. Right. Like, I, I'm fine. And, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. You know, I still get issues. I get on a Ferris wheel. I get dizzy, and mm-hmm. so I've had I, I've had a ton of them. Me and him, we've talked about it a lot. We yeah. talk about it a lot because a ton of them. I have the um, short term mm. memory loss a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes, mm-hmm. and there's some parts of my high school career that I don't, I can't recollect now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just going back to the helmets. I think we only got ten of them yep. in that 05 to 06 yep. season. Yep. See, there was none of those. The yeah. the condom helmets. Well, whatever you want to call them, they were the, the ones rubber that, ones on the top. 
No. No. So like no. shortly after I left. Did you have one of those? I did not. Mm. They got one like two years after. I did. That started that like a year after I left. I was yeah. still like a so, senior in 04. Yeah. So the interesting thing about those is those, after several years of using those, they quit because they actually figured out it made it worse. Yeah. Oh. So that was like the first version of it, mm-hmm. right? I think that rubber. Yep. yep. It was a soft sided yep. on the outside. Yep. Uh, uh, Kelso was it Nick Kelso for the Bills wore one. Yeah, I think so. Um, big. It was like a looked like a mushroom. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, we had those. We had a couple of guys had those when they had concussions. Mm-hmm. This was like a year or two after I was even mm-hmm. done with football. Mm-hmm. Ours were um, they were brand new helmets. They had some kind of I don't remember what it was. There was something different about the yeah. inside. They were like the Rydell. They kind of they kind of looked kind of cool. They were like the, the kind of a space age kind of thing. Yeah. It, it came like the it came. Like the face mask came down and kind of came around the jaw a little bit. It like didn't in the have front. holes. They were more like uh, almost like flames. It was a little, a little bit. Yeah. elongated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And only uh, us, like I think five of us on defense got them, and five on the offense was all yeah. that got them. Yeah, because they're if, if you'd had them before, had concussions before. Me? That's who got them. Is whoever? No, had it was. Well, it, I think they. You that was part of it, but it was also um, I think the quarterback got one, which I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, the running back got one, the fullback got one. Let's be honest, the quarterback gets everything. I know. <laughs> and then it was the, on the defense. It was the guys that usually either had concussions or hit the hardest. Was gotcha. What, yeah. yeah. So I, I remember sitting down with the coaches and kind of trying to pinpoint who we were going to give those helmets to. Right. I'm sure it was. Or who they were going to give the helmets. I'm sure it was to. a tough decision. Well, yeah, I mean, you you know, honestly, it's one of those like, you know, could we do it for everybody? Yeah. Well, budget didn't allow that, so right. just trying to identify um, who who would it help the most? Yeah. So, and they were good. I think do they? I guess I wouldn't know. Do they have mostly all those helmets now? I think they really. It's it's kind of like you know, technology has evolved. Um, Gotten there, cheaper. Yeah, there's a lot of things out there. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, college and pro games those guys that have those it's a hard plastic yep. uh, piece that goes that's for concussions really oh, yeah really? so what it does is if i'm if i read it right and i can remember correctly because i've had a few concussions um <laughs> it it basically it slows the blood flow if there's a concussive event it slows down um the swelling in the brain basically oh. because it controls the amount of blood that's allowed to circulate. Gotcha. So, um, and I, I think early research is really positive on those kind of things. It was silly, right? Like this little plastic thing you wear in your neck, it helps with concussions, but you know, they've done things like helmets, mouthpieces, um, all sorts of things that they've tried to do to prevent it. And I think they're probably as close as they're going to get to really being able to prevent them with the changes that they've made in the game and penalties for, you know, head to head, that kind of stuff. It's weird to me. I've, I only had one in football. Really? I was hospitalized like 15 ish times for them, Mm. but they're all younger to, to older. I mean, I had, I, my first one was probably in third or fourth grade Mm. playing recess out on the asphalt. We're playing soccer on the asphalt (laughs) back of the head. That was my very first. I remember that one as my first Mm -hmm. one. Uh, ran into a door, run into lunch, uh, basketball and PE, uh, fell off of four wheelers. The worst one. Cause I lost a full days I, to this day. I can't, lost it, huh? can't remember driving the four wheeler. Wow. I remember halftime of the football game. I was in the tractor and I know that was at noon and I woke up at noon the next day. And I don't remember anything after that, but oh I was, my gosh. Uh, this happened at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Apparently yeah. wow. is when I fell off the four wheeler. Wow. And, uh, 
I don't to this day. I don't remember mm. in the four wheeler. I don't remember anything. Mm. I was con- I was conscious. They said I. I mean they. I was wobbly or yeah. weird, but yeah. I was conscious. I don't remember anything. Mm. So that's that's a that's scary as losing a full day yeah. to me. I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I only had one in football, and I don't even remember it happening. Mm. Uh, I remember I went to the locker room to change. I never got out of my pads because I knew I knew I had a concussion. I mm-hmm. felt it. When I drove home, uh, I live, I grew up a mile and a half from home, uh, s- drove my car, I stopped three times in the mile and a half to puke out the side of my car, mm. Oof. walked in the door and told my mom, hey, I got a concussion. I, by this time, it was like the 10th time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got to go to the hospital. I said, no, I, I got, I was young and dumb. And I said, no, I, they're just going to put me in the CAT scan <laughs> and yell at me because I always hated the CAT scan sure. because... I was I was nauseous and I'm moving yeah. and they're yelling at me for moving and yeah. I hated it and yeah. I was like I don't want to no I don't want to do that I don't want to yeah. do that finally <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we ended up going I don't remember but yeah. I'm just like I remember sitting at the door like no I'm not fucking going just <laughs> still wearing my cleats my pant my football pants and uh probably like a wiping the puke top. off your chin yeah. right <laughs> so. but you're, it sounds like I mean your cards were were dealt way before oh, you ever super young it, had, it wasn't football and or sport in general well i mean uh, the, the sport, was a soccer sport, like thing. playing around yeah. like recess sports but but not the way that's that's i would say non-traditional right, right. i mean like yeah I like most back. people think like right. i had a Hit concussion somebody. in junior high football i had yeah. a concussion in sophomore in football and then i you know they just they told me i had to quit so no i mean you were gonna do them to start yeah i was I wasn't ever going to succeed. And then at that time, I remember him saying, because I said, well, and I didn't, had never really played, uh, I didn't, I played like elementary basketball, but I didn't play organized basketball after that. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, what can I play back? He said, no, you're absolutely not playing Mm -hmm. basketball, even over football, because you're, you haven't, at that time, he said that'd be worse because I didn't have any head protection Mm -hmm. at that time. But yeah. Yeah. Wearing a football helmet during a basketball game. (laughs) Probably probably wouldn't be ideal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get all the waivers you want. <laughs> right. He's got a, he's got a soft melon. We got to do what we can to <laughs> help him out. Yeah, I only went to the hospital once, but it wasn't anything crazy. After I think it was Lincoln Northeast or Lincoln North Star, or one of those two, got landed on by a 450 pound lineman. Was that here? It was in Lincoln. I think I remember that. Yeah, my head bounced off the. He ran me over and my, he landed. Were we on, uh, landed on my head? Were we at Lincoln High, the Lincoln, Lincoln High, High Stadium? I think so. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Because I think it was like after the, was it after the game we decided to? It was after the game, but yeah. you, you, you pulled me out. Mm-hmm. The, the, so one other player was like, you might need to, you might need to get out of the game. Because there was two plays where I was like, I couldn't make the calls coming in from the sideline. And then finally, I think you had seen me like stumble twice before the play started. And I think you pulled me out. Yeah, I kind I kind of remember. I I kind of remember. We were standing out by the buses, even maybe. Yeah. yeah. And standing there with your parents, and I'm like, nah, you, you, you need to go now. <laughs> yeah. Because and they forced me to stay awake all the way home. Mm-hmm. It's miserable. Was, that was the worst thing I hated growing yeah. up. Every time sleep. I had a concussion, they're like, sleep. no, you got to get up. You, you want to get up? Got to yeah. get up. And you're not supposed to take anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not. Your sp- head hurts. You want yep. to puke. Uh, yeah. Mine was my worst was the nauseous. Mm. The the I, I mm-hmm. just the puking was the worst for yeah. me. Yeah. Hated. I never I had the nausea. I had my it. eyes would get. I started to get. Uh, I still got them to this mm-hmm. day. Like the little what are those called? Floaters. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I yep. get those too. I just thought that was normal. No, that's, I still that's get from those. head injuries, <laughs> right? Uh, sort of. Yeah. Some, and it, <clears throat> there's different. I call my little worms that I see. <laughs> it's actually a it's a um, blood vessel that is formed when you're an embryo. Um, oh, gets knocked oh. loose. Hmm. Different different know. reasons. I mean, yeah. head head trauma definitely can. Oh, I see those. Like that's a daily occurrence but for I, me. Like I see them, but then there's times where I don't. I'm like, where'd it go? Right. It says you're not focusing on like, it. Looking, looking, looking to like, find it. <laughs> Who took my floaters? Yeah, oh, that's no, funny. I've never really had like any time I had the concussion. The light sensitivity would never bother me because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like be in the dark, be in the dark. Mm-hmm. I never had problems with that. Yeah. Like, it was never that issue. It was just a massive head gate, yeah. headache. Uh, nauseousness and like the nauseousness still hits. Like I'll get on a Ferris wheel and I, I can mm. get nauseous. Yeah. That's a, that's a crazy <clears throat> thing. I mean, but that's the brain, Yeah, you know, right. and that's the, that's the hard part about concussions, the brain trying to understand the brain and there's just so highly variable. So, and that was always, that was the problem with trying to set protocol is like, there's so many times it wouldn't check all the boxes like, Oh, he doesn't check all the boxes. He can go back in. Right. Like, well, yeah, but he doesn't know where he's at. Well, but yeah, that's just that's <laughs> just one of the, that's one of the three boxes. <laughs> that's like so, the the movie Varsity Blues. Yeah. Billy Bob, how many fingers? <laughs> it can't be how many fingers. Can be yes or no question. Billy Bob, man's holding some fingers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's funny. Well, I had a, a there was a um, and and this is just kind of goes back to the the misconception of what concussion was. I and this was again early on. I, it was a junior high, or junior varsity kid um, that played JV and a little bit of varsity. Well, gets a concussion during um, the JV game, which was probably Monday. So at that point, I held him out, and I was holding him out that week. Well, the kid's dad calls me and is like, he's mad. And he's like, he's you know he needs to be able to play on Friday. I'm like, dude, he plays like six plays. Right. I mean, come on. I said, well, you got a concussion. He did not get a concussion. I so I'm going through the symptoms. I'm like, this is what the symptoms are. He goes, he didn't get a concussion. He got his bell rung. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, technically, yes. Oh, yeah. Got he me did. there, buddy. Yeah, got me. Got me there. They're just going to change yeah. the name of it. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that dad worked in the medical profession, too. Really? Oh, yeah. That makes so, it even worse. Right? So I'm like, well, you can say what you want, but your kid's not playing. That's crazy. Yeah. So. It's, it's crazy. It, 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 that one, it's a, and that's a man thing. I think a, mm. a men, a men, a masculine oh, thing. A bell yeah. yeah. It's just, a. it's hard to see the brain mm-hmm. and people don't understand. Like if you haven't had it or whatever, it's hard yeah. to, well, you don't have a broken leg. So why can't you go? Mm-hmm. I don't see why you can't do it. And yeah. it's a serious thing. Well, and I know, um, going back to when I played, we were, um, we were playing at Dakota state and I played defensive back. And I was just pursuing a play, and this was in the first half, pursuing the play, and a guy, oh, Lyman comes and just clocks me, and that was helmet to helmet. I mean, he he dumped me, and I'm like, you know, didn't know where I was. And for the rest of the first half, I couldn't see out of my right eye. Holy sh- but I told nobody. Wow. Because you didn't want to get taken out. Right, I didn't want to get taken out. because And be called weak or yeah, whatever. right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, that's that, that's that – Kind of that machismo, the, machismo, the oh, you know, he, it, it almost became a badge of honor. Like, oh, you know, I've had right. concussions before. Yeah. Well, I couldn't yeah. see out of my right eye. Still played. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I find it, and there's honestly days. I think I've told Zach before. Like, it it kind of worries me. Like in the mm-hmm. future, like it's like, well, 
Well, look I, at there's times where like I can't and like he talked about short term, but it's times where I can just tell there's a little bit of a lag, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I I'd never had this. Yeah. This is a little different. Yeah. But. Well, you look at like. NFL wise, all these guys with CTE and, and, you know, they're, they're doing autopsies on their brains and finding these things. And and those guys are, are begging people to help them. Yeah. And that just got swept under the rug for a long enough time. And I, and I think it just, it came to the surface enough, like it, it forced their hand. They had to do something. A couple of big, big name guys shooting themselves in the chest was a, that's a big call for help at that point. Right. Yeah. Do, do you think they've done enough changes through the pros down and even into high school? I, I think they're probably, like I said, I think they're probably, as far as technology and and things, they're they're in a pretty good place. I mean, you still see, I mean, just what last week, um, gosh dang, was it a a pro game? But you could tell the guy. I mean, he was starting to have involuntary m- movements of his arms, so you still see it. And and I think about it way differently than I used to. You know, I used to be like, "Whoa, that was awesome!" And it's like, "Oh no, well, he's not like, okay." <laughs> no, he's not okay, and he might not ever yeah. be okay. Right. I like the hits. I mean, it's part of the right. game. It the is. big hits. It's it part is. of the game. Uh, and I don't think you'll ever get it all the way out unless you get rid of the game. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you can make it the best you can. Yep. But on the professional side of it, I mean, you're you're paid for a reason. Yeah. In a way. I yeah. Mean, and you're and taking I, that risk. Yeah. And I think that they're they're at least trending in the right direction. I think they've done and what they can at this point. And then, you know, it's under such a microscope now. Yeah. They'll continue to look at it. I don't, they'll never eliminate football. I mean, never. Too much money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they'll, you know, they'll continue to look at it and gather their data and decide, is this as safe as we can make it um, without really starting without to Without ruining f- the game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you take too many penalties or too many hits or yep. too many like because yep. it, it's just impossible to. You see these targeting calls that are called. It's like it's impossible to if the if the running back is going down and they mm-hmm. got other guys already started. Yep. Like it is what it is. Yep. It's going to happen. Well, like, there's no way to stop. They that. don't do anything to the offense. So the running back can literally yep. lead with his head. Yeah. And then didn't get nothing called on him. Right. And all the defenders trying to do is get lower. Right. And then they end up right. Hitting yeah. each other, and yeah. So I, you know, and you know, you mentioned like even going down to high school and and little Pop Warner kind of stuff, and then some of its education, teaching you know, how to tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you used to, you know, you used to tell them, stick your head in there. Yeah. You know, now let's make sure your head's up and to the yep, side, head or wherever up, it's got to be. Let it let it fly to the side. Yeah. A little bit of you know, wrap them up. Pursuit of the you can still play really really good defense. Yep. You know, and it's a and it's so it's turned into more of a coaching thing then too. They've probably gotten rid of some of the drills we used to do too. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, they, I I don't know. Did you guys ever Oklahoma do like drills? the Oklahoma? No, the Oklahoma. No. There was one where they had us defenders. They would just give the guy the ball and let us just run at each other. <laughs> well, that's Oklahoma was when you were both on your back and you yeah. Get this up and this run was just them. us at a stand and just straight and one at an angle, <laughs> and who can get by the other one? Yeah, well, I remember it was Philip Lee. Him and I did that, and both ended up with. I thought I thought I dislocated my shoulder <laughs> as the first stinger I'd ever had, uh, and I I thought I would, I thought I was like my my shoulder is out of socket. I am done. He did the same thing. We both just there was a huge pop. Everybody looked, and then we were just both just like the stinger <laughs> thing makes it brings a 
memory back up. I remember we had a football, we had a player on our high school team. He came out, get, get out, like trying to rip his, <laughs> rip his fucking pads and yeah. jersey. I was, get yeah. it out, get it out, coach, get it out. It's a stinger, it's a stinger, get it out. He thought it was a bee. It's like, it's yeah, not a bee. Wrong. I got a stick. I got a stinger. Get it out, get it out. I'm allergic. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's what that means, buddy. But yeah, okay. Well, thanks for indulging in our in our uh, concussion. <laughs> oh, little, anytime. Little no, rant there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, bringing it back to you here. Yep. Um, let's go from <clears throat> training at the being the athletic trainer at the high school. Yep. And getting into your practice. Yeah, that's that's a pretty pretty good leap there. Um, Is that so, too much of a leap? Am no, I miss, no. Am I missing nope. something in there? Nope, Did you not go to at school all. between that. Yeah. So, so that's I, what I was talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So in 2005, actually, was my last. So I, I I went to PT school in in the fall of 2005. Um, but I so basically kind of had an opportunity to go back to PT school. I forgot um, you so, weren't there for my senior year. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> I went to a few games. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. No, you're good. Um. And I was probably still helping with FCA. I don't know if you ever went to FCA when you were in high school, College of Christian Athletes. Um, but um, so I had an opportunity to go back to PT school, went back in 2005 up at USD. So 2005, graduated in 2008, PT school, worked out um, at Heartland Physical Therapy from 2008 then through 2010. So I went, uh, worked there until 2010. Then they went out of business. I worked for um, Doug Jung for a couple of years at Norfolk Physical Therapy. And, you know, I, I didn't ever really, never really thought I would want to start my own business. But I think as you, as it evolves a little bit and as you, as you kind of, as you do things, as you see how things are done and how things have been, and you think, I could do it better um, or I could do it different, not necessarily even just better, but I could do it different. I could do it differently based on my morals and ethics. And so that, you know, the opportunity then came, I, I purchased Pierce physical therapy from Doug. Uh, I worked up there for a couple of years and then um, opened up our um, Norfolk location. And it just, you know, it's kind of evolved from that. It's, it's and so we've been open. I've had my own place for eleven years now. So you have Pierce and Pierce, Norfolk, and then Randolph. We just opened Randolph in July. Okay. Um, so, you know, I would have never. I was scared out of my mind, like opening, like going out on my own. I didn't know anything. I didn't right. know anything about business. Probably still don't know a lot. <laughs> made more mistakes than I've made. Um, that I'd care to admit, but you learn from your mistakes and you learn again, you learn how you want to do things and don't do things and, and just the evolution of, of physical therapy and rehab and, and running an outpatient clinic in today's climate. Um, I learned a lot. I've learned a ton. Um, I wouldn't change anything. It just, it's been good. I didn't realize that that was your path. Mm. I didn't know you went to Pierce and then yeah, so when I was working for Heartland, they had a clinic up in Pierce, and then they went out of business, so I just sort of stayed in Pierce and worked for Doug within the Pierce Clinic and a little bit in the Norfolk Clinic, and I did some other contract stuff. 
And I don't want to get into too much of the Heartland stuff, but nope. so did Doug just kind of, he went right into his. Well, yeah, he left practice. Heartland. I'm trying to think of the timeline. He left Heartland. Well, Heartland's still in business and he left and started his own. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they were still, okay. okay. Yeah, they were, it wasn't open much. I mean, it was yeah. kind of on the downhill slide. Yeah. Um, and then he opened his. Um, and then when I left Heartland, um, I just, it was just kind of a natural thing to yeah. go work with Doug. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. That's cool. Yeah. So were there any, you said you opened all those, were there, what were some of the struggles you faced as a, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, having all those practices open, any struggles that you faced getting yeah. those off the ground? Well, yeah, you know, it's, I, you know, the Pierce one just sort of kind of continued just cause I had been in Pierce for yep. so long and, and, you know, you talk about small town and small towns appreciate when you can, um, um, when you know the face you're you going to. You know the to. faces. Um, you already had a clientele, yeah. You, they appreciate you're, they, you're there and you invest in the community. I bought an old building in Pierce and I, I fixed it up. I mean, if you want to make people in a small town love you, take an old building on fix Main it. Street and fix it up. Yep. Yeah. And because, you know, Main Street USA is dying. So, you know, Pierce, that was kind of a natural thing. I'd say the Norfolk thing probably was was the scariest just because it's, it's been a bit saturated in Norfolk as far as PT clinics. There's quite a few, yeah. Um, so initially it was just going to be a couple days a week I would have this open when I wasn't in Pierce, but it just kind of continued to evolve. Um, and, you know, you live in a town for 27 years and you start to develop relationships with people and and even, you know, having kids in the school system and having been in the school system and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, my wife's in the school system. So I think, you know, just making those, again, goes back to connection. So we've made those connections. And that's what's, I think, made the, the Norfolk Clinic successful. And we've kind of branched out, done some different things. You know, we got out to Norfolk Iron and Metal. I go out to Volcraft. Um, so just doing some different things with some different businesses in town, you have to think a little bit differently. So that's that's the challenge because... Um, you know, the, the state of, of particularly physical therapy, um, there's been in such an increase in administrative burden. Like it used to be, you see somebody, you file a claim with their insurance, you get paid what you get paid. Well, now it's, you see somebody, you got to get an authorization. You got to wait for the authorization. They say you can see them for six visits. Well, this is a rotator cuff repair, so... <laughs> we're going to need more than six visits. So it's just a constant. A yeah. A lot of red tape. And it's, it's just, you fight hard for the dollars that you get. Is that the healthcare industry then? or mm -hmm. it, Well, it's, it's healthcare reimbursement. So health, health insurance. Yeah. Health insurance is, and that's, that's the biggest thing. They're really holding tight to the dollar, which, you know, I, I, it's, it's harder, but we did it to ourselves. Um, you know, particularly physical therapy. I mean, you look at physical therapy in the 80s and, and early 90s. I mean, they were just billing the crap out of insurance. I mean, they were kind right. of cutting a fat hog big time. So kind of did it to ourselves. So, you know, the the regulation of the dollars is, you know, it's probably justified because it's been abused. So do you well, do a lot of the you do a lot of the more uh, different injuries, uh, just walking off the street or regular customers, or do you do a lot more of the businesses? Because I was curious on that. Like, I know Lucas or, or whoever mm -hmm. will send you a bunch of people. I'm pretty good friends with Lucas. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> do you do a lot of that for these companies to, like, see them first just to see if we can um, 
help them out if we have a, a work injury or a work issue or something. Sure. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, and that's, that's again, the evolution and, and just thinking differently. Um, and that started, oh gosh, probably four or five years ago, um, where industrial medicine has gotten to be a bigger deal. Um, because, um, you know, and, and part of what I'm, I'm trying to do with different companies too, is not just, Hey, let's prevent injury, but Hey, let's, let's look at your workforce and make them healthier just in general. Yeah. Um, because you've got a captive audience. So if we want to talk about decreasing the cost of health insurance, let's make our population healthier. So the concept of population health is let's figure out a way to make small changes, um, so that we can start to not get stuck in that, what I call the medical hamster wheel yeah. where, I mean, and you know, now you look at how, so if we take an example of, um, well, we'll take an example. And this is a real world example of something that, that happened in, with an industrial client is, um, you know, I, I visit, um, you know, there's a guy, Hey, the supervisor says, Hey, will you talk to so-and-so? They think they did something to their shoulder, can you just, you know, check it out and see what you think? Absolutely. So we go and we talk and the guy's like, I can't lift my arm. I'm like, oh, gosh, okay, what happened? I don't know. I don't know earlier today. It's just, I just, I, I didn't do anything to it. I can't lift my arm. All right. So let's take a look and, you know, okay, first of all, calm down. Everything's going to be, he's like, no, I'm going to the doctor at three o'clock today. I'm like, okay, what, hang on, let me just check some things out. So we move it around a little bit and yeah, it's still a little sore, but it's feeling better. And I said, do me a favor. Just don't go to the doctor. Just do what I tell you to do. I'm going to give you a couple things to work on. I'm going to come back out in a couple of days. We're going to recheck it. We're going to just kind of see, because he did nothing. He didn't hurt himself. He didn't pull, yeah. push, pull, pop, nothing. Just couldn't lift his arm. That happened to me on my back. Just literally sit, I was walking mm -hmm. and just all of a sudden, I was, oh, yeah, I couldn't walk for three days yeah. basically. And so, then I just kind of worked it worked out. Worked it out, right? So, so, you go out there a couple of days and then you know, he's, he's moving it better, still a little sore. I'm going to give you a couple more things to do by next week. He's fine. No problem. Zero problems. So let's back that up and let's go. Let's say he does go to the doctor at three o'clock. Now I'm going to preface this. I've got family members who are doctors. I'm good friends with a lot of doctors, nothing against doctors at all, but that's the medical system that we live in. Right. Yeah. So let's say he goes to the doctor and he goes and can't lift my shoulder. Well, Probably should do an x-ray. Yeah, right? x-ray, MRI. Yeah, so let's do an x-ray. X-ray shows nothing. So the next thing, we're going to do an MRI. In the meantime, they're probably going to throw the guy in a sling because they don't want him moving it because there's probably something wrong. So he's off work for a week while I we try to get an MRI approved and scheduled. So he goes and does an MRI. So the guy's over 40. So we know from research that men over 40 have about a 50% chance of having some sort of rotator cuff tear. As you age, it's just, just part of already aging. there, yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Non I could see that. Uh, yeah. Non-pathological rotator cuff tear. Just from wear and tear. We have it in our knees, we have it in our spines, we have we just have wear and tear. Kind of go back to your ACL. I got I got one replaced, the other one's empty. Eventually the knees are gonna be it's a problem. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. So if he had gone and he gets an MRI, if he's over 40, well, he's got a 50% chance that that MRI is going to show that he has a rotator cuff tear. And he's mm -hmm. been in a sling, so he's not moving his shoulder. So it really hurts to move his shoulder mm -hmm. now. So now all of a sudden he's in for a rotator cuff repair, 
which is going to the insurance is going to pay fifty to sixty thousand dollars for rotator cuff repair. Plus, he's off work for twelve weeks, so there's all that lost income. Yeah, but just calm yourself down. Oh, that was loud. Oh, you're good. Calm yourself it's down. It's not as loud on it the podcast. It won't be as loud on the podcast. <laughs> Takes the noise. Calm out. yourself down, and let's just let's just use our heads here a little bit. And so that's a lot of what we've done with some of the industrial clients is just now if something's serious, if something happens, yeah. obviously mm -hmm. we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it is what it is. We're going to take care of it. But a lot of these things like your back, it's like, Hey, let's give it a few days. Let's just, let's just kind of calm down. This happens all the time. And let's just get you moving a little bit. Basically, the way I fixed mine, yeah, I did that a little bit. And then I took one, I had one day off and took a little flexor hall and just laid down. And I slept half the day. And yeah, you better. Like, all right, I'll work it out now. Cause it, it was just, I had to get through that initial, mm -hmm. like, not being able to move. Yeah. And don't worry, we're big proponents of, of not medicating before trying to figure out other problems. <laughs> we are. So, yeah. We had Dr. Uh, Jose Nuno on here and we talked uh, about, yeah. um, you know, we finding other issues, finding other, other you know, finding the root of the problem, yeah. not masking yeah. with the problem. You know? Yeah. 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 So, so he and I have worked together on a few industrial <clears throat> clients as well and, you know, kind of share the same sentiment, like let's make people healthier. Yeah. Let's figure out a way to do that. And it's a challenge because that's not how society works. I mean, we want the quick fix. Yeah. We want the pills, the shots, that kind of stuff. Yep. So, so I also look at it as a, <clears throat> I'm curious on the, just talking to talking to people and everything. I feel like the OSHA rules are a little extreme. Are they not? Do you feel that way, or like for like OSHA recordables and stuff like yep. that? I think are a little. It's it's just too extreme to me. So, <clears throat> I studied just because I've worked with so many industrial clients. I feel like I'm pretty well versed on what OSHA is and isn't. OSHA is is intentionally vague. So it seems that way to me. Because they want to be able to write the rules when they get there. <laughs> so what and 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 then again, we're not we're not trying to sidestep anything, but um it's it's a you can argue semantics with them. Um and yeah, they're they're ex and they're extreme. You're you're right. Because like uh, the way and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that like if they if you go to a doctor and they prescribe you even just over the counter ibuprofen, just take some ibuprofen, that counts as an OSHA recordable, like because they've prescribed if it. If they've you. prescribed it, so <clears throat> there again, you can or you can argue Which semantics, is up to semantics there. right? Yeah. So let's let's use the example of physical therapy. So if a physical therapist goes to an industrial site and Billy Bob hurt his back, and so the physical therapist takes a look, and you can do an evaluation. An evaluation but that doesn't, nothing happens there. An evaluation does not trigger an OSHA recordable. What triggers an OSHA recordable is treatment. So if Billy Bob hurts his back and I as a physical therapist go out and go, ooh, Billy Bob, I think, you know, you did this, this, and this. Um, I want you to do, here's a sheet of exercises. You do three sets of 10, this exercise three times a day. I've technically given him a prescription. So that's, that would trigger a recordable. It's so dumb. So how do we how do we do that? Just well, give them the so you don't tell them to do it. You say, hey, maybe we could try this. So I don't, you know, out at NIM, we've got the posters, right? Yeah. We've got posters of me doing the exercises. Yep. So the first thing that we say is, did you do your exercises before X, Y, and Z? The answer is always no. 
Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't <laughs> I work out there and I don't, yeah. I don't go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I, it, I do exercise. Like I just stretch, like, yeah. but they're there just they're randomly there stretch and they're available. Right. Yeah. So that's the key is they're available and they've been introduced. They've been demonstrated. Right. Yeah. So Billy Bob hurts his back. I'm like, Hey, Billy Bob, let's go over that. See exercise number three, four and five. Yeah. I see those. If it were me, that's my back. I'm going to do that. How many times do I do it? Do it till it feels good. Well, how many? Well, <laughs> till it feels good. Do it till it feels good. You know, today you might do some, tomorrow you might do more, tomorrow, you know. So, and again, not that you're trying to sidestep it, but you're using your head. Yeah, right. right. So th- the key is that, in, that, and that's why we do those things. That's why we go out there and say, hey, here's these exercises yeah. that we want you to do. Yeah, it's good prevention, but it also lays the framework for these are exercises that you really should be doing. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and so if you're, if you, Tweaked something, aches, pains, sprains, strains, whatever. This is where we're going to start if we've determined that there's no danger to you or to others. Yeah. That's the purpose of OSHA, right? Is to keep uh, people safe. The, I think OSHA has gone too far. On absolutely. That type of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm very much against a lot of OSHA. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm against government regulation mm-hmm. on basically everything. Sure. I'm very much cut down the red tape. It's too much. It's too far. Mm-hmm. And I think OSHA has gone too far on everything. And it's kind of one of those, I'm, yeah. I'm a big listener of micro on the safety third thing. Like mm-hmm. it's a big thing. Like it, it, it's just, I get it. Safety is really, but too much OSHA makes a lackadaisical workforce or whatever mm-hmm. that just assumes everything's okay. Now, I'm a big proponent of uh, self-responsibility and sure. paying attention to yourself and mm-hmm. that type of things. Yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, some of the data, so if you look at like from industrial safety, what you want to have is is a is a high number of your workforce going. Hey, I noticed something, so I said something. Yep. Which is the opposite of like you said, what OSHA has created is like I saw something, but must be fine. Otherwise, OSHA would have said something. Well, no. Use your head. Yeah. Like that big jagged piece of metal sticking yeah. out there. Maybe we could fix it. <laughs> we should do something about it. So see something, say something. Yeah. Let's keep everybody safe. And yeah. So. That's, I can see it both ways a yeah. little bit on the OSHA thing. I just I'm salty on some of the OSHA stuff. I well, think. and like you said, they've taken it too far. But what's the what's the base? What's the if you boil it down, why are they there? They're supposed to be there to keep people safe. Yep. Is that what they do? No. I feel like they at times, uh, and that's a lot of America. This episode is brought to you by Box Drop Norfolk. Box Drop Norfolk carries the best quality mattresses and furniture at the lowest price. They get truckloads of new overstock couches and mattresses at a great price and pass the savings on to you. They are a family-owned and operated business. Nate, Rebecca, and daughter Natalie keep their overheads low so they can price these all below retail. The mattresses and furniture are all new and come in limited quantities. Selection may vary. Message them on Facebook. Come check them out. Save some money. Mention you heard about them from this podcast episode. Drop the name Touching Base. Get an extra $30 off on everything is we go to the lowest common denominator. And yeah, I get that to an extent, but aren't they kind of looking to find people when they get there? When, uh, when, you know, when OSHA, I mean, not not really the first time. And it's kind of like um, a health inspector walking into a restaurant. There's going to be something. Nobody passes with a hundred. No, there's, there's going to be something. And, and, you know, like you said, I I think that what what where the problem is 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 they're almost taking common sense out of the equation, 
and and then and then you don't know how to behave. Exactly. If you've taken autonomy right. out of it and the ability to make a decision, then no one knows how to behave. And how do you prove a soft tissue? Like I've grown up on a farm my entire life. I do I work I work a job, a labor job, but I also work four or five other labor jobs. Like who's to say I tweak something mm-hmm. off of work and not off work? I mean, I'm not saying that some people are taking advantage, but how do you prove something like that? Mm-hmm. It's kind of it, it's difficult that way too. Yeah, on the other side of it, so yeah. it's curious. It just it's just it's always been something in the back of my mind. Like, I mean, soft tissue issues. That's a hard thing to prove unless it's a you know a tor- a, a twisted an ankle. You can see yeah. that happen or. Yeah. It well, kind of goes back to the the concussion thing too. Sure. You can't really see it every time. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, Billy Bob, you know, he hurt his back, and in talking to him, he goes, "Well, I scooped a bunch of landscape rock this weekend at home." <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so then you right. came to work, and yeah, I mean, didn't, I, didn't I was hurting didn't stretch when I, before it? I or? was hurting when I got here, and but OSHA sees. This, this little, little window, sliver. this yeah, window right. of of this is what happened. So, therefore, it's a it's recordable. So, mm-hmm. the uh, do you have quite a few industrial like just con- like contracts in town that you handle a lot uh, of businesses? We've got four in the area. Four, yeah, yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So as far as staff, um, how hard was that? I mean, I think you, you a decent amount of staff. Oh, we've got ten total right now. Um, Spread through. Yep, spread through the the three clinics. So most of like the administrative stuff happens in the Pierce Clinic. All our billing and and that kind of stuff happens just because that's where we started. Right. Um, so we have, um, as far as clinicians, the most of our clinicians are in Norfolk. So we have two PTs, two PTAs in Norfolk, um, and then a PT and a PTA in Pierce, and then uh, just a PT in Randolph. Right. Really cool. Was it hard to find staff? Was it a, a process? It's a it's timing. Um, you know, if you want a new grad, um, so Lane Rorick, who um, is the PT in our, our Pierce clinic, you know, he's a Pierce kid. So, you know, I started talking to him in February, actually before that, probably December of the year before he graduated just to try to gauge his interest because right. You have to, (laughs) because most of them are making their decisions by that point. Right. So very rarely do you have a new grad that, you know, April, May, they don't know what they're doing yet. They're pretty well set. Um, so PTs are hard to find in, to, to work in a small, even in Norfolk. Um, you know, a lot of them want the Lincoln Omaha stuff or, or even Kearney. Um, so yeah, it's it's harder to draw them uh, unless they're from here, um, and it's timing. So when you need them, you know you just kind of have to look ahead. Yeah. So with Lane, I knew that that we would have a need, and he would be a good fit. So and we always talk about with Norfolk. You also obviously you're in Pierce already, but you get the surrounding towns that come to Norfolk for mm-hmm. things like that: the hospital, the Physical therapy, yeah, a lot of things. So you probably have a decent sized clientele, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we've seen people all the way. We've had people come in from Battle Creek, and then you know north. Um, We've even had some some folks come in from like Albion and stuff because we do some vestibular, some balance stuff that we've. It's gone really well. Um, 
but like north, you know, Pierce Plainview, Osmond, um, Randolph, Laurel, um, and then, you know, east, uh, folks will come in from, you know, Wisner, uh, probably about as far as I come from the east. Do each, this might be a weird question, but do certain physical therapy places, practices, focus on certain things like obviously you can probably do everything but do you have like something you guys specialize in whereas maybe doug specializes in whatever else yeah i i think that we we probably consider ourselves generalists um and one of the things that we have focused really really hard on is one-on-one care is that when someone comes in that that you get one clinician um working with you the entire time that you're there um, that's I, cool. I like that. Yeah. And I know there's not to bag on other clinics, but I know there's other clinics that don't do that. Um, and it's, it becomes, it's harder to, particularly when you're looking at the, the administrative burden of trying to grab those dollars, but ethically, like I can lay my head on the pillow at night and go, we did it right. Well, it's like it'd be like going to a different doctor every time you went to go to the doctor. They or, have no or, idea who you are. And yeah, and 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 you know, so what? Like, if you walk into our clinic, you're gonna get you know one of our clinicians, and they're gonna be with you, guiding you through your exercises from the time you walk in to the time you leave. Which uh, is a big thing. Absolutely, and and like I said, there's just I know there's other clinics that don't do that, but um, and it, it it'd be <laughs> like if you went into the dentist. And you're in the in the and the dentist has got two chairs sitting right next to each other, and he's got one hand in each of your mouths. <laughs> yeah, right? makes That's sense. That's the same thing. Or if you're in the exam room with the doctor, and you know you're turning your head and coughing, he's got his <laughs> finger up your butt. Um, so it yeah. just that's just poor healthcare, in my opinion. I agree with you. So 100%. we are we are movement specialists. We are exercise specialists. A lot of, you know, we are very much exercise based. We'll do hands-on stuff. We'll do some manual stuff as well. But when someone's not doing an exercise the way we want, we tell them and we guide them through that. You know, we put hands on people and, you know, feel it the way you do this way. Yeah. Okay. Now do it this way. Oh, okay. That's how you want me to do it. Yeah. And then when you're doing it at home, that's what you're supposed to feel. So, um, and, and, you know, so in there are there, I mean, there's different, um, different ways of practicing, um, physical therapy and, and it's not super regulated, you know, you can kind of do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we learned about, are, some, are you technically the medical field then or what, what te- is it just a whole different, are you regulated by? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. the department of health. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, um, Physical therapy is traditionally poorly self-regulated. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so, you know, if somebody's doing something that's, you know, illegal is one thing. Right. Unethical is the next. Right. So, you know, if we see, you know, a clinic where people are, you know, double, you know, you got two people or three people that, and we've had people come from other clinics and all of a sudden it's like, why are you, you know, watching me do my exercises? I'm like, because that's what physical therapy is. What we do. Well, I was at the other clinic and I just walked in and, you know, the clinician, the PT or the PTA was working with three people at one time. I'm like, holy crap. Right. So is it illegal? No. No. Is it unethical? I think so. If you're charging a lot of businesses, though. Yeah. 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 So, So we don't regulate that. Like, 
you know, we traditionally don't, you know, we're not going to say anything to the board of regulation. It's just kind of, you know, that's just kind of how they do it and, and that kind of stuff. Hmm. I've kind of felt that way. I've been to places like that. It's like, uh, <clears throat> if I'm, if you're not really here with me doing it, I could just do this at home. Yep. Why am I coming yep. in here to pay yep. you for this Absolutely. hour and a half? Absolutely. Why do I have to come here for this? Yep. I could just do it at home. Absolutely. Uh, thing. Yep. Like if I want, <clears throat> I, if I need your guidance, I'd rather have your guidance than yeah. me not get it. Cause I can just yeah. try to. One of my favorite things home. that a patient will say is, am I doing this right? And my f- answer is absolutely. Because if you weren't, I would climb up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's good. Yeah, that's true. Um, did, did COVID affect you at all? Did yeah. You it was guys- just a strange time. Yeah. Um, we, I basically sent everybody home. You know, we got the the paycheck protection um, loan um, or grant or whatever they ended up calling it. Um, so I sent everybody except the PTs home. So at, at that time, I had myself and two other PTs. And we did see some people in clinic for some, like, essential stuff. We did a lot of telehealth, which was way uncomfortable. I was for just going to ask you, did you have to do any of that? We did do some telehealth. Um, <laughs> I struggled with that because I'm not that tech savvy, yeah. but I got better <laughs> at it. And then my two other PTs were, you know, quite a bit younger than me. They're like, oh yeah, this is easy. They're, you know, doing stuff, and um, so it was. Yeah, it was a challenge. Um, and and you know, it really kind of forced you to to decide. Um, and I think just every business, like what's, what's important, right. Um, what are our, what are our kind of our, our philosophies and how we do things. And, um, and that's, that's where, you know, the whole one-on-one care thing comes in because, you know, when you're doing telehealth with somebody, you are literally just you and them on the computer and the camera doing stuff. Do you guys still do that today? We offer it, but nobody nobody really uses everybody it. Everybody wants to come into that, right. you know, which is good. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I just didn't know if you guys still offered it. Yep. Um, how rewarding is it for you to see someone's progress after coming to see you? That's that's the reason. That's yeah. the why. That's why we do what we do. Um, particularly the stubborn ones, <laughs> you know, the ones I and and you know, I talked a little bit about vestibular. Um, and so there's, you know, you talk about being on the Ferris wheel, but there's, you know, there's some conditions where physical therapy is, um, is indicated for, um, like initial, you know, like initial onset of vertigo. And, uh, <laughs> we had a, a lady that, um, she had been to doctors. She'd had vertigo for a couple of weeks, you know, terrible, couldn't drive, husband had to do everything for her. Um, little bit older lady and doctor gave her all sorts of medicine, nothing worked. Finally, the doctor says, well, let's try physical therapy. Well, what's that going to do? I can't exercise. What he says, just call the number. So she calls, talks to Kayla, our receptionist and Kayla is one of the sweetest people on the planet, but she is ripping her up one side and down the other. (laughs) What do you, what is this? What, what am I supposed to do? And Kayla is doing her best to explain. And this lady like, you don't know what you're talking about. And Kayla's (laughs) like, just come in. And, and, uh, they came in husband and wife sitting there and walk in. And, uh, um, I go out to the waiting room and introduce myself and the husband didn't even say hi. He says, 
what are you going to do for her? <laughs> and I usually keep things light. And I'm like, I don't know. I saw, I saw some stuff on YouTube. I thought I'd try. He wasn't having any of that, man. He was about to drag her out the door. And I'm like, let's just go take a look. So, you know, she's been, her world's been spinning for two weeks. And we do the, and it's just, it's simple. It's just it's simple to literally, you probably can look it up on YouTube. But anyway, we do the, do the stuff with her. And when you're doing it, it's horrible. Like the world's spinning and she's grabbing onto the table and she's cussing me. And, and I'm just bear with me when you sit up, you're, you're going to see a huge difference. And she sat up and she's like, Oh my God, <laughs> like nothing's spinning. He's like, you gotta be kidding. And the husband, he's like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, there you go. Works. So yeah, those are, those are super fun. Those one-time things, but it's, and it's also just the people that, you know, you take them from, uh, you know, either a surgery or a bad accident and just not thinking they're going to get back to anything. Do you and work with the amputees at all? We have. Yeah, I have. I had a, I had a double amputee that I, I've worked with and then they're always interesting because they've got so much going on. You know, the whole phantom pain thing is, that's a trip. That's just odd. Um, but, um, amputees, uh, people with chronic pain, I did a nine month, uh, continuing ed, uh, some uh, additional training for, um, uh, people in chronic pain. And that, that's really, that's, I like that because it's a journey and, you know, you get the absolute worst of people. I mean, people with chronic pain, I just can't imagine, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very hard road, but to take them down that road where they can kind of finally start to see some hope. That's, that's really rewarding. The smile on their face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Giving them their life back. Right. Because they're just, they're, they're prisoners in their own body. Do you work with all ages then? Mm -hmm. Yep. Anywhere from, okay. Yeah, we've done, we've done, you know, so like a lot of the PED stuff. So like your cerebral palsy and stuff, we send those on like, um, you know, out at Fountain Point, they do a lot of the PED stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's, if it's like torticollis, like, um, stuff, uh, with infants, that's easy enough to teach the parents to do. And that's, you know, you talk about the, um, our, our goal when somebody walks in, when they walk out our door, we want them to feel better. But number two, that they have the tools that if, if they start to backslide or, or this starts to become a problem again, they have the tools that they can fix it themselves. Like we want to, um, we want people to be able to, to take control of their own health and, you know, take back pain, for example, that's, that's probably the prime example where when you walk out of our clinic, yeah, you're going to feel better, but you also have tools in your toolbox. Like if this flares up again, I know exactly if I do these three, four exercises, I'm good. I'm good. And I don't have to go down that road of pills and MRIs and injections and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, you okay with taking a quick pause? Yep. Okay. All right, we're back. We had a, we all had a kind of little pee there for a second. So <laughs> you, you guys know me about an hour in. I, I made it about an hour twenty. We're good. Nice job. I know. Yeah. I was trying to hold it the whole time, but well, I honestly was looking good. at my watch like, oh my god. <laughs> He's like, when's die. he gonna stop? <laughs> well, maybe we're gonna just push through, and I'm gonna have to leave here in a minute. <laughs> well, and and that would be like reason. Another reason why I wouldn't, you know, indulge tonight because I, I would have lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> I have got no bladder. Yeah, hour, like, an hour is about like it. a My little max. bit of water. I'm good just to kind of 
just to kind of keep the keep, wet keep, the whistle. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But if I start drinking a bunch of water and and then you throw alcohol or anything in there, and right. I'm like, nope. <laughs> the river's I'm, just flowing. I'm just gonna go right here. I thought about just getting catheter set yeah, up for everybody. Might as well just do I that. think it would be hilarious on your podcast, like if you had the sound like like somebody peeing on the floor. <laughs> that would be funny. Then, like, yeah, we were gonna pause, but just hang on. And then yeah. cue that sound like <sighs> much better. He could have played that last night when I I got this is the first time ever I've done this. I got up during <laughs> the recording. I was about to do it. <laughs> I got up during the recording and just left the room. I'm like, I hope you got this because I gotta go. He could have just played the sound then. <laughs> That'd been funny. That'd have been really good. That's awesome. Um, but kind of going back to uh, balance is a big word on this podcast that we sure. talk about a lot. Yep. Tell me a little, and we haven't talked about your family a whole lot, yep. um, but tell me a little bit how you balanced family, work, and life, um, and does your wife play a big role in, in being able to balance all that? Yeah, I, and so even kind of tying it into what you talked about, how how I got to where I'm at, and I really I enjoyed athletic training. I enjoyed the being around athletes and the competition stuff, but it is just not family-friendly. So, you know, when um, – when I was the athletic trainer at the high school here, I would start work, you know, about one o'clock. So before my kids went to school or got into school, I could spend the morning with them and then take them to daycare. And then, you know, I would see them at night or, you know, they grew up in gyms and stuff like that. Um, so that was a big driver, probably the driver to going back to PT school is I want to have kind of normal hours and not, you know, not weekends and stuff like that. So that was, that was a big, a big driver. And, um, and you, you know, as a, as a business owner, you, um, you, it's impossible to walk out of the building and not take it home with you. Right. Yep. So you're constantly trying to balance that. Like I, I don't want to be, you know, PT, CEO, whatever at home. I want to be husband and a dad. So, I think it's 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 a very conscious effort to to do that, and you have to be deliberate about it, and you have to carve out that time. And um, you know, I still Angie does a good job of kind of reeling me in, like, eh, you know, we probably let's let's not do something sometimes, so we can just do family stuff. Yeah. So that's that's been important. It's good. It's yeah. communi- communication. We talk about that too a lot. Oh, hundred percent. And and we talk about that. You know, Angie and I talk about that in our marriage. Talk about that with our kids. Over ninety percent of conflict boils down to miscommunication, lack of communication, poor communication, um, not hearing what is really being yeah. said or done. You know that kind of stuff. Did you go through a time period where you had to think about putting you know work away when you got home, or was it just a you were able to do it. Um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think it still happens. You know, if you're if you're trying to balance things or schedules happen, or you know, you get a text in the morning and uh, or at night somebody's sick, or we got to shuffle a schedule, so you're still you're you're on right. So you got to you got to take care of it. But just as quick as you do that, you have to be able to turn it off and, and return back to, for me, I mean, my, my kryptonite still, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be better at is my phone, mm. you know, just not That's everybody, you know, not, and you know, now it's on my wrist. Yep. So I get the notifications and all that stuff. So <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, there's, there's gotta be 
a, a better way to do that. I, I think I'm getting better at it. But again, there's, there's again, a communication thing. Like Angie would be like, yeah, you were on your phone a lot when so-and-so was trying to talk to you. I'm like, ah, oh, I hate that about myself. Like, <clears throat> you know, I hate that my, you don't even my wrist buzz that yeah. I had to look down. Um, you guys know who Simon Sinek is? The name I, sounds yes, really I'm, familiar. Yeah, I've heard a lot of yeah, his speeches. So he's he's written a lot of uh, leadership books and stuff like that. But he had he was on a um, might have been a podcast, but he just basically just threw everybody <laughs> under the bus. Like, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I've heard this. Yeah. This so speech, he's yeah. he's like, you know, when you think you can engage with other people when that's in your hand, but you can't. Right. Because when that buzzes. The, what's your you first down. reaction? You you're look looking down, yep. even if it's inconsequential, and you're like, "Oh, that's no big deal," and then you put it down. You think you've really done something great. Well, no, you've interrupted. You've already stopped your yes, yeah, yeah. So um, that's that is something that I'm working on, just being more in, intentional. So I try to have a word every year. Um, so my my word for 23 was intentional. Worked on it. And, and I always kind of tried to do a review then the first part of the next year, like, okay, what did, what is that? What does that mean? Um, I, I'm a Christian, I believe, and, and my relationship with God is first and foremost. So I believe that he gives me those words for a purpose. Yeah. So when that, when I can sit back and review, like, okay, God, at the first part of the year, this is the word that I felt like he gave me. Now, reviewing 23, how did that fit in? What did that work? And what, what does 24 look like? So still don't have a word for 24. You got time still. <laughs> I okay. figure, you know, I it just, happens uh, when it does. I just filled out some paperwork today and put 23 on it. So. Uh, <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, at the end of the day, I was like, I saw somebody else writing 24 on a, they were typing something up uh. and said 24. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it is 24 now. In my business, I've, I've already wrote time. it like 50 times. So well, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. I, I have to learn really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if you make that mistake, that's a critical error. Yeah, very critical. Yeah, yeah very uh, effective dates can't be, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very critical error. Yeah. Um, but kind of going back to the balance a little bit and the phones, like putting phones away. Um, did your wife push you? Was she fully behind you in starting your own? Was, was it a, a conversation? Was there reservations? Uh, I think... Sh- I think that she's supportive, bottom line. Yeah. Um, I think she gets annoyed with entrepreneurial ventures. Mine does too. Yeah. Don't worry. So and it's, but it, the crazy thing is so like you have that fear of like opening things up or, or doing things. But once you do that and it's successful, it's like a drug. It is. You want to try to find the next thing. Yep. And I've done some things that are pretty good and I've done some things that have flopped and it's all learning. You probably learn more from the things that flop than from the successes. The mistakes is where you learn. Yeah. That's right. So she's patient. <laughs> she probably, That's a good word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and always supportive. She just, you know, she's, she's awesome. Um, even if she isn't like fully like, on board, yeah. she, she, she like fakes it, it to, well. to you. Yeah. She's gonna say no, <laughs> yeah, but right out in public, yeah, no, let's go, let's right. do this. Yeah, yeah that was exactly. A good, yeah. That's exactly. a good partner to have. Yeah, in life, yeah, absolutely. It was the same be thing with to... the podcast. 
Yeah, with yeah. my wife. Oh, yeah. oh, even with you. He he didn't want to do it at first. <laughs> I didn't. I wanted to do it. I just wasn't going to pull the trigger. <laughs> I was just going to keep talking about well, it. Well, we tell the story all the time, but I just bought the stuff uh-huh. and told them it was here. Yeah, oh. he just didn't like, even tell hey, them I ordered it. Uh, it's uh, when are we going to do our first episode? It's like what? It's like yeah, I got it. It's here. It's like oh. Okay, I guess we're in. <laughs> I guess now yeah. now we're stuck. Yeah. The, the wife has played played a big role though. To you know, I'm obviously here late at night a yeah, lot yeah. and all right. work during the day. So yeah. it's yeah. I, I, patience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's very she's very patient. Supportive. She's super patient. supportive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um, do you have any advice for anyone maybe trying to get into this industry? Um, well, that's a good question. I think that you, um, uh diversity in in kind of what you're offering particularly if and i think that's geographic it can be geographically specific so in northeast nebraska um if you want to do this here you have to be good at lots of things um i think you have to um your your principles have to, your principles your morals and your ethics have to be solid but you can build that all on that so um, you know, like I, you know, I kind of harped on this, the one-on-one thing. So whether we're seeing uh, an infant or an elderly person, that's, they're going to get the same level of care. So, um, some is wanting to get into it. I think that the, um, one of the main things is, is just trying to, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself, learn as much as you can about lots of different things. And then you can kind of, you can kind of pick and choose like, Hey, I'm, I'm good at X, Y, and Z. You know, the other thing that that I think that has gone well for me is surrounding myself with really, really good people and people who think that same way. Like, I am i don't know the answer or, I'm, you know, I'm going to find the answer. Um, being a lifelong learner, that's that's really critical. So, like, you know, when I, when I got out of PT school, when I started working for Heartland, that was it. I mean, I was going to work with athletes at Heartland Physical Therapy. Well, I mean, things changed. And I needed to figure something else out quickly, and so I actually worked. I did. I did traveler position at a nursing home. I had not worked in a nursing home ever, so it's like big change. Absolutely. So, and but it was super valuable because I I gained a skill set and I gained some knowledge of how nursing homes work. Yeah, absolutely, and how the business of nursing homes work, and 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 how. The documentation is different, those kind of things. So it it's it was valuable, it was mildly painful just because you saw something that you thought you were gonna do for a long, long time change. So um you, you have to be adaptable and don't just say, Well, this is where I'm gonna work, this is what I'm gonna do. You gotta be able to pivot. Yeah, pivot, yeah. Good old friends reference there. Pivot, <laughs> pivot. Um We're gonna get political now. Okay. I got a quick question before okay. we go in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going to go back to your business on the entrepreneurial side. So when you're hiring somebody and you're and like it's kind of going to go along with him when you're giving advice to younger people, are you looking to pass that on? Are you looking for people that are like you say always learning that maybe they want to eventually take their own practice, or do you selfishly want to keep them just to yourself? Or are you um, trying to impart that knowledge of? Uh, Maybe in the future, opening their own practice or, yeah. you know, building upon yeah, going somewhere. And- that's a good question. And there's been an evolution there. So initially when hiring, it's like, I need somebody to do a good job for me right now. 
but yeah, I'm 51 now. So I kind of, you got to start looking at the end game and you start looking at, okay, does somebody want this practice or does somebody want to go on and do some, and I'm good with either. Um, you know, we've started to talk about succession planning and things like that with, with people that we have on our team. Um, and that, that was, you know, partially the intention in hiring them is like, Hey, this is, this is going to transition at some point. If you're interested, this is kind of where we're at. Um, but I think that, you know, initially you're just, you're just, you want somebody to show up, somebody show up and do a good job and do things the way I want them done and, and get and and catch the vision of what we're doing. And so if you get that person, then I think the evolution also kind of grows with them as well. They might go, well, I was going to work here a couple of years and then go on somewhere else, but I see this as a place where I can grow and evolve and maybe be part of this for a long, long time. So I, and that's one of the things I've, I've talked to just about every, I do, I talk to everybody that I hire is I don't want this to be, you know, the old Dave Ramsey reference. I don't want this to be just a job. Yeah. Like I don't want you to show up, punch clock, do your thing and leave. Like, be invest. invested in what yeah. we're doing. Take ownership. Basically. Absolutely. So. We hear that a lot, actually, on most of the people that have owned a business or own a business. That's, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, just yeah. like on the entrepreneurial side of that, because mm-hmm. we've been kind of pushing that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. I'm a big, I'm not really entrepreneur. kind of not really. You come from an entrepreneurial family, though. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I have a, a job, but uh, but yeah, I like we like to push that. Like, it's just go out there and try it. Mm-hmm. And I know. And it takes people like you and other people that have started businesses to help impart that knowledge. And uh, especially in your field, if somebody's already in your field, I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. So I, no, like I, do, that. I do think surrounding your people with like, like like-minded people yeah. that have the same values is very, very like almost the most important mm-hmm. piece of building a business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It really comes down to that. That's really the, you're going to fail if you don't have like-minded people in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I on just there? wanted to go back to that real quick. Okay. So we're good to there you go. Political. Sure. Going to fun stuff. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> With an election year coming up, how do you feel about where the state of our country is right now? And do you feel that we are being well represented at the federal and state levels? Yeah, I I I don't like where we're going. Part of it, and and you know, this is I just think that we um how we're just so divided um and i i listen to i'm i'm around elderly people a lot um in the clinic and nursing homes so and you stuff probably like pick that. up a lot yeah and you know there's just sort of this they're just kind of broken hearted like that we've gotten to this point and yeah i mean things have been political for a long time but there's just there's there's just so much division and that division really there's that trickle down effect. So, you know, division at, at, at a fish rots at the head. Right. So as we're not worried so much about, am I doing my best for what, for the people that I'm representing has turned into, well, at least I'm not jackwad over there. That would, yeah. You know, or they're terrible. I'm not vote for me. Right. Um, so I don't like, I don't like kind of the direction that we, that we are going just because I think 
we're, there's just so much division. And uh, where do you think the, the division started came from? Well, I mean, I think Trump had a lot to do with it. I mean, so it goes back to I, I feel like the um, the nuts and bolts of Trump and and how he um, the programs he started and the and the shape of the the fiscal shape of our country. Good. Right. I mean, I saw that as a business. Right. Um, saw that personally. Um, it was the best three years of my lifetime. Yeah. So, Fiscally. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely. By and far. from a business perspective, things were, were great. <clears throat> um, three, three and a half. As soon as COVID hit, everything changed. But. Yeah. I think, I think where that could have gone better is just if he would have dialed down the ego a bit. And, and I know people are like, ah, oh, you know, mean tweets, stuff like that. I just think, and and maybe I'm just too soft, but I don't think so. Just be kind. Just, there, there's something you can you can absolutely disagree with somebody, but just be kind. And I think that that's that's kind of where it started, and it's just a lot easier now. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and you know part of that is just it, it's a personal journey for me too. Um, our oldest daughter passed away in February, and. She just, she was just the kindest person. It was, she was the most apolitical person on the planet. Um, she probably knew who the president was, but didn't care if they were Democrat or Republican. Right. Her mission in life was to make sure people feel seen and feel heard. So, you know, I've, I've gotten that, that probably softened me quite a bit mm. just because what's it for? Yeah. Like if if I if I have to stand up and pound a table and scream that I'm right, what's it for? But if I can make somebody feel like they're important and and that and that what she did exceptionally well. So, just a um, if if you fly a lot, just try this sometimes. Go to Starbucks, get yourself some five dollar gift cards to Starbucks. And when you sit down and your stewardess or your airline, your attendant comes by, give them a $5 Starbucks gift card. I've done that. It is like you've given them a million dollars because no one, no one thinks about them. She did that on every flight that she was on. Yep. She. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and if you were the, the, the worst waitress in the world, if you were the checkout person that couldn't get it right, those are the people that get yelled at. Right. And right. that, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's, that's where we've gotten as a country. It's like our knee jerk reactions to yell at these people and call them names where she just didn't do that. It's like, you're fine. You're doing fine. And she would call, if you had a name tag on, she'd call you by name. So I learned that whether we're Democrat, Republican, whether we hate people or whatever, yeah. choose kindness, just try to, and, and I think we have, that's the thing is I think we have more common ground than we really understand or know. I talk about that a lot. Um, I, I didn't know if you wanted to get into any of that. Oh, no. So I, I just didn't, I didn't bring yeah, it up. No. I didn't know what, how it was going to go. Do yeah. you want, do you want to discuss any of that? Oh, I, I'm, 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 like I told you, Zach, I'm a, I'm an open book. I know. I just, <laughs> I didn't know if that, I didn't know for sure. Yep. Do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit about sure. what happened? Yeah. Um, so she had a medical condition that's, uh, it's called limited GPA, which we joked about cause she hated school. <laughs> um, but it's a form of what's called vasculitis. So basically what was happening is her, um, her trachea kept closing and she had a couple procedures to open them and, 
and she was on some medicine and we thought everything was good. And then, so February 11th of last year, she had had a cold the week before and, uh, um, she was supposed to come out on the 15th of February. And, and so she had had a cold and we're like, Hey, you don't sound very good. You probably better get in. And she was going to go to the doctor, um, that next week before she came out here and her husband called on the, um, so it'd been the early morning of February 11th and he was screaming and said that she just wasn't breathing and we think she passed away in her sleep. Right. So that's our, our hope prayer, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, something you don't think you would ever go through in a million years. And here we are. That's like my biggest fear. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's, you know, so many, I've had dreams where, you know, someone that you love dies, right? And you wake up and you're so relieved. Right. We just didn't wake up. You didn't right. wake up. Yeah. So it's, yeah, definitely been a challenge. Um, but, you know, we've, it's a choice. You know, you, you choose how you, how you grieve and you choose how you move on. And, and we've chosen to say God's the same God today that was on February 10th. Right. Um, he didn't change. He didn't take her. He didn't do this. We know where she is. Um, my goal is to get there too. Um, so that's on a daily basis. I think about her. And so, and that's, that's where that, that I can be, I can choose to be kind. Yeah. Um, I can make small choices that, that honor her, that help me to live the way I believe God intends us to live and just to be kind to one another, regardless of whether I agree with you politically. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it makes you a doormat. I don't think it makes you like, Oh, you're just a pushover and you'll believe anything. No, I, I really truly believe that just choosing kindness and being, um, being kind to one another and seeing people, there's so many people who just aren't seen. And so, that's our mission. That's our, that's our goal. And that's what we've chosen to do. And it's, it's a choice so that, you know, the next morning my wife and I couldn't sleep. So we go for a walk four o'clock in the morning and we said, we have a choice now. We have a choice of how we, because we've lived in this community for 27 years and people see how you grieve. Right. And so that's how we've chosen to do it. That's what we've chosen to do. Um, it's not easy. It's, it's the most horrible thing I could ever think of going through. Right. And I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, and that's, but that's what we've chosen to do. Um, in, uh, in August, uh, my oldest brother died of a heart attack. Just oh, one I didn't of, know that. Yeah. One of the healthiest, strongest guys I have ever known, 64 years old, just died. <laughs> and, uh, uh, my other brother and I were talking, he's like, I don't know how you're, I don't know how you're still standing. You know, your daughter died, now your brother died. How do you... I said, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice of these things that happen. If you had your choice, it wouldn't happen. Right. But you have a choice yeah. how you react. Right. So... It takes internal fortitude. Absolutely. Crazy. So it's it's literally, you know, some days it's just breathe in, breathe out. Take take the next step. Right. It's absolutely exhausting. You want to talk about brain fog. <laughs> I mean, you go through a lot of days of just man, I can't think of the word and I can't think right. of so-and-so's yeah. name. And it's frustrating because I kind of pride myself in being able to remember people and remember those kinds of things, but it's frustrating. It's <laughs> exhausting. But again, we know, um, you know, we believe that 
she's in, in heaven. Yeah. Yep. And, <clears throat> and we know who wins. We know um, that, that death is not from God. This is not something God created. Um, and we know where she's at. And, and our mission is to get there and take as many people with us as we can. Do you think that the cold had something or that whatever she was going through had something to do yeah, with it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, um, it, she, the, the, um, the coroner's report or whatever said it was a, a mucus plug or, um, uh, tracheal stenosis. So uh, we just, we had no idea. We had no idea it was as serious as it was. Right. Um, obviously, yeah. um, you know, we were concerned cause she had a cold, right. But to, to have this happen was just it's tough. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Unbelievable. You're, you, like you said, you're taking it very well. So hey, there's days. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I didn't know that. And that's, <clears throat> I would never would have thought that. I just, I wasn't going to bring it up. No, I I, yeah. Yeah. But. No, I, and <clears throat> I, I, I am more than happy to, um, and because of, and it's because of, um, I think when you when you lose a loved one, your biggest fear is that they're forgotten. Right. So this is an opportunity. And anytime we have an opportunity to talk about her or talk about my brother, whoever, it's an opportunity for their legacy to live on. I like that. And philosophy. isn't that what we want, right? Yep. Yeah. So if you weren't here tomorrow, Zach, you want people to come on a podcast and and talk about Zach. Right. Talk about the impact that he had in in my life. So that's our way of honoring her and and her life and um and what she stood for she's got beautiful baby daughter you know two-year-old hellion she's just crazy (laughs) and her husband logan you know he's rocking it he's a single dad he didn't think any of this would ever happen either right so you get put in these situations so you have a choice how do you how do you move forward so that's that's what we've chosen i like that philosophy though because we we do the same thing my my uncle passed away uh, it was a couple. It's been three or three summers, two summers ago now. Uh, suddenly, just mm-hmm. happened out of the blue, and mm-hmm. and we tried to bring him up every now and then. We're playing cards, or mm-hmm. it was just this Christmas. We were playing with the deck of cards that we had got from him, and me and my dad were winning, or my my wife and my mother were winning the pitch game, and I'm like, oh, Gary just wanted you guys to win, apparently, <laughs> and then the whole tides turn, and my dad and I end up winning, I'm like, yeah. oh, thanks, Gary, you know, it's like, it's like we try to bring him up, and yeah. I like that a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you, you just, that, that's what you want, yeah. right, you want, you want what you've done here to matter, and, you know, she had lots of different jobs, she, um, the last job that she has was kind of what she was, what she was kind of put on this earth for, she worked for a, a real estate company and she was kind of their quote unquote hype girl. So <laughs> she would just, uh, their employees, she would send them packages and, and just, um, that was in her wheelhouse. She just really had the ability to, um, to bring out the best in people. So, you know, why not, why not carry that, uh, along? So that's yeah. awesome to hear. Yeah. Siri, try Try that Starbucks gift card thing though. It's it's pretty pretty amazing. I've only done it once, but it made <laughs> it made their day. Yeah, it's yeah. Cr- it is it's it's crazy how just it's five bucks. Yeah. But nobody even does sometimes it. I'll buy like a the the cooks in the kitchen a beer at the end of the shift. Mm. I've done that before too. Mm. That, that's a huge thing too. They just that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it's just the little things that don't normally get done. Yeah, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the world is busy. Yeah. And we're, and we're all kind of, we all kind of have this tunnel vision and of what we're doing. And I think 
when we're able to kind of step out of our out of ourselves and just see other people and go, okay, that's the uh, that that's what I want to do. I want to make them feel seen and 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 cared about. Right. Yep. I feel like we talk about it <clears throat> a lot that uh, the world's the world's smaller, but it feels like everybody's got to get back to it just shrinking down to your mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. And it goes, and we talk about it a lot, like the people in your community, your family first, and then branch out to your friends yeah. and then your community. And you get a bigger fulfillment if your world gets smaller, I think, yeah. and your circle gets smaller. And yeah. then you can also make that, like you talked about, with your strangers you meet or whatever, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> that big... That camaraderie in your own community helps build a bigger, a better soul. To yeah, me, yeah, it feels like, and that, and that is what we've. One of the things that we've through this experience have, um, that that's kind of come to light for us is is just Norfolk as a community, and and you know just our our friends and and family outside of it, but just people who come alongside you, and just how are you doing, or you know, hey, praying for you, that kind of stuff, that. That is that is exactly what that is. Is yeah. it's, it's people reaching outside of themselves and going, I want to make sure they're okay. That's kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast too. Is bring <coughs> things to a smaller level in a, in the long form podcast where mm-hmm. people can get to know you. Maybe there's probably plenty of people that don't know who you are. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I think you're an amazing guy. Oh, thanks, um, Vance. You've known him before, but I, I, um, yeah. I I've known none of him. I didn't. I've learned more about you today than <laughs> ever knew. And That's what he, he loves enjoy. doing these because a lot, a lot of the I'm people selfish. I've known, yeah, I'm <laughs> super selfish on this podcast because we, even the people that I know, it's like I just want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love, I love this podcast because I get to ask the questions, mm. or he gets to ask the questions, and I, I can, I enjoy listening. I've always loved pod, long form podcasts. I love mm-hmm. listening to them because I learn more about people, and now I get to say, hey. This is the question that should have been asked right here. Yeah, and I get asked that question. I and I'm we're super selfish about it, and I get it. But <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. That's I, that's I enjoy awesome, it. and what a what a cool medium. What a what a cool yeah. thing to do. We're trying. We're hoping to get a little bigger. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, this is going to take another diversion. So we nope. went we went political, and then we went sentimental, and now we're yeah. going to go <laughs> back back political. Sure. Um, do you feel that the the two party systems that are in place still work in today's time? Now it's going to go back to the division. So explain. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't probably don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about. It. That's okay. Well, I can give you my take, and then you can go off of that if you want some time to think. Um. Well, I guess my initial reaction is the way as it was created. I don't think it's functioning as it was created. Correct. Does that make sense? Yep. So that's, that's basically 100% my thoughts on it. Yep. Yeah. So you just put it into a little ball right there and it works. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I, I look back at, you know, was, was this country created perfectly? No, but we've gone so far away from, I think what the intention was that I'm not sure how we reel this thing back in. Yeah. We're, that's what we're trying to figure out on this on, on both this podcasts. This is coming from the guy that's kind. Like yeah. you're, you're supposed to give me all the yeah, you're supposed to enlighten right us. Now. Yeah. That last the last segment we just had, I was I was like, yes, this guy's gonna give me all the optimism. <laughs> I'm a little black filled over uh, here. I'm just yeah. I'm pessimist. Yeah. I um, I just I just think, yeah. I, I guess bottom line, I, I think that as as what it, the it's not functioning as it was intended to function, yeah. and. 
one of the I probably probably the most telling thing was was when I heard Tom Osborne speak after spending his time in Congress. And he came back and or actually at an FCA event and he just basically said an honest person can't get anything done in Washington. And you can see that. It's very, very and, evident. And yeah, so you know I I don't think I don't think it works. I don't and I don't know what the what the what the solution what the solution is. is. And yeah. it goes back to the division you said. I don't like how whether you're left or right, they're fighting each other mm-hmm. during some of these debates and they don't actually talk about the uh the the real topics that are at hand. Yeah. So we never know who we're, you know, fully voting for at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, we're just whoever bashed the other person the worst or the best or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way things should be ran. Yeah. So I kind of beat the drum. And going to your Tom Osborne comment, going to Washington, that's my fear of anybody going to Washington, that Washington is going to corrupt you, sure. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a really strong person to not get corrupted or to already have the wealth. I I, I am a fan of um, um, electing the people that can't be bought and type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, but uh, I my way of reeling that in, I kind of beat this drum really hardly as and goes back to the what we were talking about earlier is just shrinking your community. Mm-hmm. Starts here. It starts. It starts at our home. It starts at our town. It starts at our county, and then it goes to our goes to our state and stuff like that. Because we can change that. I mean, we can vote the right people, and it's it's way harder to get corrupted when you're in front of the people that you're representing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you have to come speak to me every time and look me in the eye. It's a lot harder for you to lie about it, and yeah. it's a lot harder for you to, you know, be on the dole or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the version is. Yeah. And so I think that's that's a way, in my opinion. And a lot of local is not really partisan, and it kind of goes back to that. Yeah. I do like the two. I like the like you talked about the way the two party, and I've said it a lot, was envisioned, was you have to have a little bit of a, a cohesion or a, a little bit of an argument, a push and pull. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's been, like you said, it's been corrupted or it's been diluted way too much. Yeah. So, well, my, my vision on, uh, or, uh, my opinion on, um, politics was, was formed when I was a, I think I was a senior in high school and in South Dakota where I grew up, you could apply to go be a legislative page um, for, you would do two weeks. So you would go, you'd be a page for a week, then you'd come home for the weekend, then you go be a page for another week. I think they have a version of that here in Nebraska, but I don't know if it's a two-week thing. Okay. Um, but you would have to be sponsored by your, so like I was sponsored by my local representative or my... Oh, your legislator there. My, yeah, yep. so I was I was in the House of Representatives... Um, and so I was sponsored by my representative and, um, it was tradition that whoever sponsored you would take you out to dinner when you're towards the end of your two weeks. So we went to, it was South Dakota Cattlemen's Association ball or or a dinner or something. It wasn't a ball. It was a dinner. So I got invited to that. And I'm sitting at the table with the representative and we're just, you know, I'm trying to not be a high school kid, trying to sound <laughs> semi-intelligent. Yeah. I really had no, no idea what I was talking about. But I see this guy come over, big, 
like picture a big like rancher dude, you know, the suit with the friggin', you know, patches on it. Yeah. Comes over and goes over to the representative, shakes his hand, shakes his hand like that, and I see my representative go like this, grab his and he gave him something. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> what right. is going this is South Dakota. Right. Come on now. And he walked out of there. He had this huge cooler full of steaks. He had this bronze, um, a, a statue of a bull. And I'm like, this is just, this is just a game. Yep. And they're just, just lining his pockets. That's it. Yep. We just talked about that. I think, didn't Danny call it a game? It's just a game of back and forth and who, yeah. who can play the game better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And from then on, that's where, like, I just. That's a, just that's a dis- really tough th- thing to see at that age. Yeah. Probably. And just disappointed. Yeah. Because like, I don't know how it, it, that would be. <clears throat> that would be, uh, yeah, disappointing and uh, that defeated. No, obviously it wasn't a hero defeated. situation, but that'd be like seeing your hero be a, a unethical piece of shit. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Probably, yeah. How do we yeah. beat that? Like that's what that's what's going mm-hmm. through your mind. It's like how 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 can we, how are we going to beat the game? Like, yeah, if this is the game. Yeah, if it's already this way. So like, how do we? And, and then and then as as a person, and I have I have zero. Well, I shouldn't say that. I would have I would have no desire to put myself in that situation. Or tr- you know why would you why would you put yourself in a situation where you're owned? You're owned. Right. Yeah, I, I I don't understand that. I've yeah. never understood that. Yeah. I I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I'd I'd feel. How do you sleep? It, it kind of goes back to your. How do you sleep? How do you? Mm-hmm. How do you? Yeah. How do you get. Yeah. It'd be tough. Yeah. That's our, that's our whole goal here. Our whole goal is to not ever be owned or. Yeah. Owe anybody anything? I won't so, apologize for my thoughts. My yeah. thoughts are my <laughs> thoughts. Alone. I'm gonna say some shit that's probably wrong. And like, it is what it obviously is. we want this to make money at some point, but we're gonna do it on our own terms. Yeah. yeah. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's how it should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the, you know, the whole, whoever makes, you know, the golden rule, yeah. whoever has the gold makes the rule. I just, so why, why other than knowing that, that there's financial gain to be had, it's hard to trust people who say, okay, well I'm, I'm running for X, Y, and Z. Right. And I think it, it's unfortunately kind of getting to the point where on the local level, it's becoming a little bit that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of distrust, which is, which is. There's probably more distrust up front nowadays than there is trust in my opinion. Yeah. Through, through any yeah, a lot of position. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, uh, local up to federal. a lot of people have a hard time trusting people mm-hmm. that they're in there in it for the real and I've been I've been around the people that have uh, I've been around people that have have done it for the good and, and they've risked everything to do mm-hmm. it and still get treated like shit like yeah. and, and <laughs> right. so it's like why try why why do it why why even and, and it's frustrating because everybody I mean the people that I know that have done stuff like that and still been treated bad you, the, all they want is the better the betterment they mm-hmm. want to make good so yeah. why and and then they're on 
in a group with the same people that are just in there to, like you said, line your pockets yeah. and get rich or find yep. a gain, some sort yep. of gain, some yep. somehow gain, mm-hmm. jumping jumping stone or stepping yep. stone or something. Yep. It's like, yep. well, there's some people out there that really want to put in service. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we need to not discourage people from doing that. And that's, that's where you got to, and we're talking, you got to find that, you got to toe the line, you got to tiptoe to, you got to, it's a, you have to keep your head on a swivel. You have to be paying attention. You have to have be of good moral, moral, moral and ethical character. And you got to be able to know right from wrong. Yeah. But yet you don't want to scare everybody away from, Hey, you're going to get treated like shit. Mm-hmm. You're going to, people are going to think you're whatever, but you just got to, I've always looked at it as I answer to a higher power mm-hmm. is the way I feel. So, yep. um, but it takes, it takes a lot. And then, I mean, you just gotta, you gotta try. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things I was talking to a um, uh, an older guy up in Pierce, guy that I've known for a long time, respect him, and we were talking about just politics and stuff, and he just says that the way he was raised is that you respect somebody in that has has gotten elected, and and. You know, if you want to change it, vote differently or right. make a change. Right. But until that time, you don't you don't disrespect the office. You don't disrespect them. It's just how he was raised. He said, yeah. like, that's my congressman. I still try to feel that way. I really yeah. try very hard to not disrespect certain offices. Yeah. But it, it's, it becomes harder and harder. Oh, it's, yeah. <clears throat> it's difficult. Because the office itself has become corrupt at times. Right. So, and and again, so then it's, there's the personal part and then there's the, the part of the office and you're like, both of these things are a freaking train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I digress off of that. <laughs> uh, wh- where do you see yourself going in the future? Do you see yourself ever, are you enjoying where you are? Do you see yourself staying in Nebraska? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we've, we've talked about that. I get, I'm like crabbier and crabbier every winter. <laughs> oh, I, I, can, I hate winter. Yeah, I, I told him we started our podcast in October. I said, I'm done with winter. <laughs> like winter hadn't even hit yet. Yeah. I was geez, winter didn't hit here until <laughs> no. like December 25th. I was, crying out loud. I was done September 1st. Yeah. Jeez, we had winter. a, we had a great fall for crying out loud. Right. I don't like fall either. Um, I love summer. fall. So I, I, I mean, for now. Um, we'll, we'll stick around. Um, I don't know. I, if you, if you enjoy what you do, you don't work a day on your life. So I'm, I'm good to work. However, like I said, we've got a succession plan and, and, uh, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. Um, I think Nebraska in some way, shape or form will be our home. So maybe a little bluebird or uh snowbird snowbird. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I don't, I don't play the lottery, but if I did and I won, I would never see another snowflake as long as I live. Um, but so our our middle child, Carson, is uh, he's getting married in May, um, and his fiance is from Norfolk, and she's going to med school at the, um, down in Omaha in the fall. So I think they'll probably end up in the area. So for that reason... My wife has this thing for grandbabies. Yeah, it's so gonna keep, it's gonna keep <laughs> yeah. Here. So I think that'll that'll at least keep us here, and I like it. I I like Norfolk. I I like the community. Yeah. Um, 
I think we've done. I'd hope so after 27 years anyway. Yeah. I'm just, either that I'm too lazy to move. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, just trying to maintain some simplicity. Um, and I, and I do, you know, if anything, I feel like <laughs> that, that might be my word for 24 is either simplicity, simplicity or stability or something. <laughs> just, just really just trying to, you know, appreciate what we have and what, what we've done, family, business, uh, church, community, that kind of stuff. And just, um, you know, appreciate that a little bit more. And, and I think everybody's got a little burn their saddle for, you know, the situations they might be in or where they're at geographically, but, um, you know, we're happy here. Um, and we're close enough to both of our families that we can get to them quickly um, if we need to go out and see our granddaughter out in Virginia, we can jump on a plane and be out there quickly. Um, I would like to be is somewhere. He, warm. Go ahead. So I was yep. going back to that. Is yep. he from Virginia? So our son-in-law, Logan, um, he's in the military and he's stationed out in Virginia. So they're living out there. Oh, okay. Um, his parents live in South Carolina. Oh, so um, he's from the East. He's, he actually is from Norfolk originally. Um, so his dad was the GM out at Volcraft for a lot of years. Um, and then, uh, they moved, he moved on with new corn stuff. Um, so they live in, uh, South Carolina, but so yeah, we can be out there quickly. Um, but uh, <laughs> about this time, like today, God, it was so cold today. Right. I was miserable I'm like today. outside. I'm like, I don't, why do we live here? This is dumb. So... I try I, having cattle in that. Oh, we have. Yeah, I grew <laughs> yeah. up on a farm. Well, yeah. yeah, it's that's yeah. probably why I hate cattle or hate uh, winter the most. It's just because it doesn't matter. It, it could snow eighteen inches. Yeah. And, yep, you're outside. You, you, know. you yeah, the cows don't care. <laughs> yeah. They're hungry. Right. They're out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you better get out there. You better chip ice. Exactly, pitch ice. Yeah, make sure it, there's that, water. And that's when the bad stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, every right? time. Why does the water quit <laughs> now? That's funny. Um, so I think at some point, you know, uh, my wife's got a few years left. She's a principal at uh, Lincoln Montessori, and, you know, she's got a few years left, and, you know, she might look at retirement, but I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Is there any other ventures you're, you kind of said you had some ideas, like you like to kind of do some other things, anything outside of physical therapy that you're kind of wanting to? Oh, gosh. I've, I've gone back, you know, you know, you ever have days when you're just frustrated and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do something else. Yeah. I always thought I could train dogs. Oh like, yeah. Why do why Wanna do come I train my dog? Yeah. Why do I think I can do that? <laughs> like I, like I'm a fairly patient person, but once right. my patience snaps, I'm done. <laughs> so I think that's a horrid idea. <laughs> you um, never know until you try. Right. Yeah. You know Be the next dog whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that Caesar? Caesar? Caesar something? Yeah. yeah. Caesar. Is that the, the, the Caesar, snapping uh, guy? his name Caesar Milan Milan that's yeah. right yeah um you know I grew up on a farm and uh um the farming life if it wasn't so fiscally volatile I always I always thought that was fun yeah you know it's freeing there's, there's some peace there <clears throat> it's I mean, uh I get on. out in a pasture in the summer yeah. spraying pasture or, uh even fixing fence or whatever yeah. and you're just yeah. Just by yourself out right. in nature, it's a it's a it is a freeing aspect. Yeah. I I do enjoy that yeah. part of it. So my brother just passed away in in August. He runs or ran our family farm up in South Dakota. So you know all the cows are sold now, and we'll rent everything out to somebody else at this point. Um, but you know he always thought 
you know, if, if, if money wasn't an issue, that farming life is, it's okay. Right. It's, I, my brother was always like, I'd say, can I come up and disc? Just <laughs> let me come up and disc. He's like, why do you want a disc? I said, that is so peaceful. Right. You go just flip the radio on. <laughs> Got the local country station. He's probably like, there's so many more things I can do than sit in a damn tractor. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, let me sit in the just, tractor. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I'll leave my phone in the house and I'll just go disc for a couple days. Yeah. It's just heaven. Right. Or go help with harvest or, yeah. you know, work cows, whatever. Um, so I don't think, I mean, I would never, would never do that, but I don't see myself doing anything other than, than physical therapy. Um, and I don't see myself doing anything other than own a business. Um, it's it's that entrepreneurial. Once you do it, you can't really. Yeah, go back. right. You just that's it's in your it's in your blood a little bit. So yeah, I agree. Well, John, if you got nothing else, I think we're gonna wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Good luck with the podcast. This is awesome. I, I hope I'm glad you appreciated it. It's yeah, a, it's it was fun having you on. We learned a lot. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. And, Perfect. Yep. Thanks, John. Take care.